Okay, let's start the show. It's February 12th, 2015. Welcome to This Is Only a Test, the official podcast of Tested.com. I'm Will Smith. We have a full house today, Norman Chen. That's crazy. Four, it, a four-seater. Four, four podcasts, four people, four podcasts. It is all full up in here. Uh, seated directly to me, right? Gary Wood returns. Hello. Second, second episode in a row. Yeah. How long has it been studied two in a row? It's years, Jeez. I think. Really? I mean, wow. it might literally be years. Yeah. The Vegas odds were not good on this one. Uh, no. Also joining us, uh, a man who I like to think of as our new improved Gary Witta, Jeremy Williams. <laughs> Hi. How are you doing, sir? Well. You're wearing headphones and a hoodie. Yep, as usual. It's the Williams uh, Williams uniform. I like your mug today. It looks like a far side mug. I checked underneath to make sure it didn't say Will's mug. I appreciate that. <laughs> Will's mug is over here. It's back in its rightful place. Oh, my goodness. I have the exact same mug at home. It Everybody does not say mug. Will's mug. Mine says, you know why it says Will's mug? It's because in the old whiskey office, I had three of them at different times, and people kept stealing them. So A great compliment to that mug is the Pixar mug. It's the same, exact same is, mug, except it says Pixar. It is a good, good mug. Uh, what's everybody into today? Gary, you have, uh, since we last spoke, you've had some uh, internet success. Yes. You're, you're a publishing mogul now. Uh, well, I don't know about mogul, but uh, yeah, I had a good uh, had a good week with the. Oh, now that the podcast starts, the modesty comes out. <laughs> I know. Well, I got to get all the, the bullshit and the bravado out of my system before we start recording, so that I can present the false image of having any kind of humility about it on the show. <laughs> because in reality, I'm I'm, I'm intolerable, kind of insufferable. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I mean, we love you anyway. Thank you. I appreciate um, that. So let's see. The book went on sale on Monday. It's abomination. People can get it at inkshares.com. Yeah, we crowdfunded it. Yes. Inkshares is kind of like Kickstarter for books. It's really interesting. Do you want to hold we'll it up? A copy. The well, camera? I can hold it up, but it's not really worth doing because this is not the cover of the book. This is uh. this is what they call an advanced reader copy, which mm-hmm. is like they print a couple of hundred of these uh, like che- as cheaply as possible that can be sent out to, you know, reviewers and people in the book trade that they want to try, you know, that you want to People, so they're just fishing for reviews. What's that? They're fishing for reviews. They're fishing for reviews, and they're just, you know, just they also send them to other authors and people, you know, what they call influencers, is trying to kind of get the word out there. But this is not the actual. Oh, I've learned all kinds of business terms in influencers. the last couple of weeks. Influencers. Are you enhancing your verticals? I've calls to action. What are calls to action? <laughs> Do you know about calls to action? Is that when you say, hey, go to this page and yes. buy my book? A call to action is when you say, like, okay, now do this. Like, click on this button or buy this or... Like this video on YouTube. Like this or retweet it or whatever. It's all nonsense. Does people actually do that when you tell them to do it? Sometimes. I've learned... Well, so again, I've... Okay, so... The cool thing about Inkshares is like it's kind of like Kickstarter, except you know we were talking about this earlier when you when you kickstart a project, Kickstarter Kickstarter basically helps you raise the money. But then once you raise the money, it's off, it's up to you to go away and make the project. Yeah, it's your you, problem. As, the, as the, Jeremy is the author of a very successful Kickstarter yourself, you know exactly how this works. Yeah, it's good for Kickstarter, you know, because they're done with you. Right. Yeah, and yeah. also for the backers, it's unsure. There are risks. You know, right. they might not actually get what they were promised because right. it's all a faith. And Inkshares is 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 a is a little more kind of an all in one service in that they will crowd help you crowdfund. They put up the website where you can go and back the book. Uh, but then once the book is backed, they will actually then print and publish and distribute the book. So they work like a publisher in that they also work along with you in the 
editing, the final production process. Yeah, they do the editing and the marketing and like everything that an actual publisher does, they do it. Do, but they, do they have like copy editors and stuff? Going yes, they it? have. Yes, they have all okay. the old real people oh. that do those so things. Interesting. They made that copy as cheaply as possible. They made this as cheaply as Not possible. Not indicative of the the quality of the content. No, the, no, the actual real one that people who back the book <laughs> and can still go and buy if they go to the website will be a, like a very luxurious limited edition hardcover thing that I will I have, to sign, I have to sound I have to sign 2000 copies of this we, we, you signed a thousand posters once it's no big deal and we did that last time was, last that, time that, was that, that a thousand the last time you did that Steve, Steve Jobs, Jobs died, died. So yeah, what might happen this time yeah. two Steve Jobs might die I know <laughs> I mean <laughs> don't just let's not take Tim Cook no um so, was that a thousand posters that we signed? Thousand posters. Okay, so that makes it feel maybe a bit more yeah. doable. Yeah. And that was between three people. Yeah, that's right. And that ends when the when you get funded, right? Yeah. So what they do is they set a um, a goal. Mm-hmm. In this case, it was sixteen thousand four hundred and sixty dollars, and they arrive at that based on how many pages is the book, how many do we want to print, how expensive There's is a this to, to make. Basically, they have all their numbers in their spreadsheets, yeah. and that becomes the uh, the goal. Just like Kickstarter, you have a goal number, and if you hit that number. You go make the book, and if you don't, everyone gets their money back. Same and, as and afterwards, that page just lives on as a storefront. So you can yeah. So basically, yeah. So the, initially, what you could do is instead of having like dozens of different tiers, like five dollars, ten dollars, fifty dollars, and all these different reward levels. Yeah. They just have three. Uh, you can buy an ebook for eight bucks. You can buy a, a physical copy of the book, which also comes with the ebook for twenty five bucks. Hardcover. Hardcover. Or, and this, is, this has gone away now, but for a while you could get three copies of the book and actually have your name personally, probably in the back of the book there'll be a page that has the people that were like kind of the, what we call the grand paladins or grand patrons. <laughs> like the people that, that, that backed it at the highest level. Right. But there was only like 35 or 36 of those and once, once it hits the the number, that option goes away. So you can't get your name in the book anymore. Yeah. Mm. So, um, and then like you said, as you, once that happens, it flips from a funding page to just, you know, like you said, a storefront. You can still buy the book. So you'll be able to buy the book after the after the campaign's over. It is over. It's like, there's no campaign now. That's my point. No, there's no, I mean, the, the, oh. camp, the, the campaign at this point, so we did really well. Like, typically, the, 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 the campaigns last 45 days, and we mm-hmm. were funded in a day, okay. which is pretty good. We're now, I think, 113, 114% funded and still selling books because you can still go and buy the book, which yeah. is great. Um, so, at the, but at some point they're going to stop taking orders and they'll print the book. Will you be able to keep ordering the book at that point? No, you'll be. I mean, you'll be able to. Comp- you'll, you'll be able to continue ordering the book indefinitely. In fact, once the book is actually published, you'll also be able to go to Amazon or iBooks, mm-hmm. or you'll be able to walk into Barnes and Noble or any bookseller because Inkshare's number one uh, uh, investor is Ingram, which is the largest book distributor in the world. Mm-hmm. So you don't you don't just only get the book through and their website you'll be able to get it just like any regular book in any bookshop 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 whether that be bricks and mortar or online if the if people buy the ebook from inkshares will they get it on their kindle or do they have to do like the email thing or something like that you, you will know? get an epub and a mobi file okay and then so you can just whatever that whatever tablet kindle. you have it'll cool. it'll work um what's a print run like this for, for a book like this 10,000 um, copies i don't i mean i don't know i mean i think i, I mean like i say we we know that we've sold about at this point, probably close to 2,000 books mm-hmm. with, you know, more to go. Um, yeah. And then once they actually put it out there, who knows, I don't know how many they'll print, but... So how did... Uh, we're learning about, you know, the, the process right now. How, how do other people who are potentially authors who, have, who want to get their work published this way, because there are a lot of different venues, uh, like what's the vetting mechanism? Well, this isn't... I mean, so this was a little bit atypical in that I had already written the book, whereas Inkshares is, is more of a... Kick, again, Kickstarter in the sense that it's something you want to do. 
So you write a proposal for the book you want to write. Maybe you write a couple of sample chapters. You can make a little video um, that is talking about the book or, you know, whatever kind of presentation we'll do. And that goes up on the site, again, much like a Kickstarter page. Right. And then you, I think there's, there is a system whereby Inkshare says, uh, okay, yes, this isn't like a Nazi cookbook or something. We can, you know, put that up. Like, they, they, obviously there's something to, you, you can't just put anything up on the site that you want. How to but, eat humans. How to eat humans. Yeah, you know, the yeah, there's not like a cannibal's cookbook yeah. or anything. Um, so and then once that goes up, the funding part of it, like it's, it's almost exactly like Kickstarter, except once it's funded, Inkshares actually makes the book. They don't just so you, say, so they like, don't just give you the money and say, okay, you figure you it out. Don't, you didn't have to call a book prep publisher in China or anything like that and figure out how to make manufacture books and distribute. Them. No, they do all. They that. just do all that. It's and brilliant. Take a bigger. Cut so if you're looking, if you're looking good. to, if you're, if you are an author who has an idea for a book that you've always wanted to write. I mean, there's always been the great thing about self-publish. I was actually was going to self-publish this for a long time because I like the idea of not having to go through like a typical publisher who are very, very, very slow. And the, the, frankly, the terms for authors from big publishers aren't brilliant. Right. And when you say very slow, you mean you hand them a completed manuscript now and it doesn't if get I had published gone, if until I had 2017. Go, yeah. If I had gone through a typical, if I had sold this to a typical publisher uh, two months ago, it would probably be coming out two years from now. Yeah. As it is, it'll be coming out in April or May. Is there going to be a special version of the book where the cover says soon to be a major motion picture or TV series from HBO? That remains to be seen. Uh-huh. Mm. I want that copy. So do I. <laughs> yeah, I exactly. Do you set the goal? No, they do that. They, do they, that. they look at the number of pages and they, look, they analyze the potential market, whatever, how many they think they might make, and they come yep. up with a number that makes sense for them. That makes sense. And it's, the, it's, it's amazing. It's really, really crazy. So that number is basically set aside purely for the... Uh, funding of the book. Right. That's what it costs to make the initial print run of the book. So I don't see any of that. Whatever that's, when we hit that $16,460. And by the way, I want to give a shout out to Joel Bratton, tested user, tested <laughs> reader, watcher, listener, whatever, who was the guy who Tested whatever. It was his uh, bid, his contribution, his order that put us over the funding goal. Oh, he was the, so he was tested, the magic, he was the magic flush. It was a little bit of tested magic that okay. got us over the, over the line. Nice. Nice. I sent him, I sent him an email and I'm going to send him a shoot that guy t-shirt because I thought that was, mm. that's was good. Kind of Very nice. limited shoot that guy t-shirt. Yeah. I only have a few of them left yeah. myself. Yeah. Um, but so, so this is the cool part. So once the 60, the initial $16,000, when we hit that goal, I don't see any of that money. Inkshares doesn't see any of it. That is a hundred percent put towards manufacturing the, and publishing the books. Um, after that point, when it flips to a sales page, which it has now done, mm-hmm. every book that they subsequently sell, if it's an ebook, if it's a public, if it's a hardback book, I get fifty percent of that sale. So if they sell a book for twenty five dollars, I get twelve dollars and fifty cents. Oh, that's interesting. If it's uh, an ebook, which we sell for eight dollars, I get seventy percent of that, which is five dollars and sixty cents. So literally, since the site opened, I've been getting probably fifty or sixty emails a day saying, "You've sold another book. Here's another twelve dollars and fifty cents." Very direct. You can live that way. Yes, we can. (laughs) We can have pizza tonight. I sold one book. Oh no, we're getting toppings. One more book. One more book, book. and we can go to extra large (laughs) and get and get the breadsticks. (laughs) Wow. You should have it set up because you're getting emails whenever you get incoming notices. A sound effect on your computer so when it comes from that address with that subject line it makes a ka-ching sound I, anyway it's brilliant I thoroughly recommend it Daniel Wallace who wrote Big Fish just published his new book mm-hmm. through Inkshares I'm doing mine and um, there's a really interesting book about Winston Churchill on there that I just backed that uh, I think is going to make it's a goal. proposal or an actual it's a proposal I mean, that's, like a, that's weird because unlike a Kickstarter where people can say you know, I've done I've had X number of years as engineer or making products and I, I have this idea a book unless you're a 
Well, if you've written a, a book pre-existing before, author, you have, you have history, right? Yeah, and right. presumably, though, if you've written a book before, you have connections in publishing, or you can get in advance. Well, so I mean, what I love—I mean, this is what I love about Kickstarter. It's what I love about YouTube—is the gatekeepers are going away, right? It used to be all these people out there in the world that want to create things, and all these people on the other side of the equation that yeah. want to read and watch and listen to things. And then in between, you think of it like an hourglass, and in the middle of the hourglass is like a handful of people in suits. They're the decide which, which thing from one side gets to the other side. Like which creators get to serve up their creation to an audience. A bunch of you know TV executives or film executives or publishing executives get to manage that conduit. Now that's all gone away because with self-publishing yeah. and YouTube and things like Inkshares and Kickstarter, there are no I mean, gatekeepers anymore. It, you talk directly to an audience and the audience decides what they want. It's kind of a meritocracy in that sense. If, if you look at what Tested is... Like on paper, we would never have gotten money to start making Tested, right? Because people are like, oh, you want to make long videos about technology? Nobody's going to watch a video that's more than three minutes long. People watch long videos every single day on our channel. And right. that's because we were able to just post And you it on are YouTube to some extent crowdfunded out. because you have. Not subs- really. Well, you have a subscription model to some extent. Right? National corporations. But, don't, but you can have. You we have, have a like, subscription model that right, so there's a tiny amount of our. So that's some. Cost. I mean, look, you think about it, the US government's crowdfunded. Well, it's just mandatory. <laughs> yeah, that's not exactly crowdfunding. <laughs> and no rewards. They should make they should make the pre- <laughs> they should make the president of the United States put up a Kickstarter page every year. Hey guys, we really want to run. We want to get the United States running for another year. Here's it's Mars. going to cost about one point three trillion. Uh, please back it. <laughs> right. If you back it at this level, you can have health care and, <laughs> and right. a police force. The moon base is and the stretch goal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the stretch goal I is we go to think Mars. That's how it works. But that would be awesome, wouldn't I it? Love if it worked that, that idea. way, yeah. Kickstart America. All you do is a dollar. A dollar in taxes was percentage, and you can choose not to back it. We're going to invade call the police; Iraq. they don't come. It, it, it would be, you know, that's very like libertarian. Nine one one. What's your emergency? Let me just check your back a level. Oh, I see you were only a bronze <laughs> level member. We'll be there in a couple of hours. You joke, but there's places in the country that if you didn't pay the volunteer fire department, they would just let your house burn down. I think that's legit. It is. It seems like a good idea in practice until you forget to write that check, and then your house burns down. I don't think, uh, yeah, that's a whole separate conversation. Yeah, anyway. I was a big fan. So I was on Greg Miller's show yesterday. He Are you going to plug somebody else's podcast again? So he's all crowdfunding now. I just think crowdfunding's great. We're fans of crowdfunding. If I hadn't funded the book, I'd be on here talking about how crowdfunding's a crock of shit. (laughs) So so what was the biggest, uh, the the big pivot point in getting to your goal? Like, you know, we we tweeted it. You posted it in like four hours. I mean, I. I, No, I'm saying you you had a story. I promoted it. Will had. Gary has a a story, a Felicia Day story that you want to share. I. Okay. We're. Okay. Yes. What's going on? I want to hear no. the story. Hold on, my phone's ringing. Let's let's save the story for after the podcast because we've talked about this for a long time. Okay. No more yeah, plugging Gary. We've want, plugged no, enough. No more plugging Gary. I don't want yes. to bore people. The Felicia Day story is interesting though. Come we'll, back at the we'll, end. Of the, yeah, we'll, we'll come back at the end of the fake outtakes. There will be a Felicia <laughs> Day story. Just you know, skip right to it right now. Don't do that. There's all sorts of two hours of good content between there and now. Um. I was going to bring up what I thought was the biggest piece of news this week. What is it? Spider-Man has escaped the clutches of Sony uh, Pictures and is now part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Not if you hear what Sony has to say about it. What do they have to say about it? They said that Marvel is joining the amazing Spider-Man world. Well, Sony, Sony is smoking crack uh, then. Marvel, no, Marvel.com. How is this the biggest news of the week? It is the biggest news of it's the week. It's a really slow news week. Um, it's February. Yeah, Sony is happy to welcome Marvel, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, into the amazing spider the world of amazing spider This is Spider-Man. kind of like a no, I broke up with you, no, I broke up uh, with you kind of thing, right? So, yep. Sony is bringing Marvel into the amazing world of Spider-Man, literally as a press release. That 
It's got to be that. That's some spin right there. The reality of it, of course, is Sony has struggled with Spider-Man. They've struggled to find an identity for it that audiences will respond to. They rebooted it. Marvel, meanwhile, has has just continued to to turn lead into gold every billion dollar checks left and right and it's something that clearly the fans want is like just give spider-man back to marvel like they know what they're doing so according to the variety report uh this no money was exchanged for this deal the terms of this deal is that in something that was part of the sony leaks at least rumored is something that could have they were in discussions uh spider-man the character will be allowed will make his debut in the marvel cinematic universe in upcoming film most likely captain Captain america America civil war Uh, i think that's what they were pushing for that's what the russo brothers were pushing for because that's a uh, pivotal point of that storyline um whether that will be a character in costume or the actual this peter parker who knows who knows if it will be peter parker Um, so it may not be andrew garfield is what you're saying most likely it will not be andrew garfield sony has it said civil war coming out that's coming out in 2016 like in the summer right yeah that's got to be tough for the writers man because like knowing what i know about how where that movie must be and its development production process they wrote it with betting on that well, so that's the thing. It's like you're sitting there, and one day, like Kevin Feige comes into your office and says, "All right, Spider-Man's in it now." No, but I think they wrote it betting on Spider-Man being. And oh, that, they, that, they anticipated this deal happening, so they wrote happening. Spider-Man in, mm-hmm. hoping well, you, that he would be in. This is my is my speculation, and oh, I you're think just speculating. They okay. would have taken that. It wouldn't be easy to take that character out, basing based on what we know about that storyline. What they want a to modular make element. You said you said when they announced that they were doing Civil War for the next Captain America movie mm-hmm. that you thought that they could have subbed in that Spider-Man role with other. They could have subbed it in with uh, with Bruce Banner. Yeah. They could have, but obviously, uh, it just Mark has Ruffalo to be somebody poor with a secret identity, right? Someone with someone something to lose. But then yeah. beyond that movie, Sony is conti- is going to continue to make solo Spider-Man films, right? So but with a different actor. Yes, and they announced the Amazing Spider-Man three, which was going to be the continuation of the Andrew Garfield series. That is canceled. No more Amazing Spider-Man three. There will be a standalone Spider-Man movie, which Kevin Feige will produce Feige. Feige will produce but he won't get paid for it apparently uh, he's going to advise on that and then they had two spin-off Spider-Man movies that they were, had uh, Sinister uh, Six I didn't Sinister see the most Six recent Spider-Man Venom. film but apparently I half of it. what it was doing was just setting up yes, various sequels which now won't happen no the Sinister Six stuff will happen and I think uh, Drew Goddard is going to do no that's the, that's the DC one that's the that's the, the snipe that's the evil people one yes. the escape from Arkham one I got this mixed up before sorry um, yes, Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. Um, two of the Spider-Man movies are still going to happen. They might have changed timelines. They might re- do different casting. It's all very convoluted. Sony still owns all the money. They'll finance it. They'll make all the money. But I think it's a win-win for everyone. It's hard for me to care about Spider-Man because it's just been so done to death in the last ten years. Like how many? It's like a new Spider-Man. Like it, there will be no origin story. Why they've struggled with it is that people are just tired of it. And they're tired of saying, oh, yeah, I know that he got bit by a fucking radioactive spider. I think you don't have to tell no, me they're that not gonna, They're not going to. I hope not. I have a perfect new origin story. You, Aunt May and Uncle Uncle Ben's computer gets hacked by North Korea. Are they still, in, still doing that Aunt May movie? No, so there was one of the... What was leaked as part of the Sony leaks was in addition to the Sinister Six and the Venom movie, which is confirmed, they were also considering an all-female Spider-Man movie about the women in the lives of Spider-Man, such as Mary Jane, Black Cat, and Aunt May, Hmm. without actually featuring Spider-Man. Wow. Okay, so that's big news. Now all that's missing is the Fox stuff, basically, which is Wolverine, uh, X-Men, Wolverine, Four. and Fantastic Four. I don't, I don't think, think anybody gives a shit about Fantastic Four at this point. I don't think that, no. New trailer looks fantastic. Four. New trailer's awesome. Okay. That movie's coming out next year, or this year. Regardless. But no, there's nothing we can do to stop it at this point. Nope. Even North Korea can't and stop And that's that uh, Josh Trank, the guy who directed Chronicle. 
Oh, I like Chronicle. Um, okay, so that's the Spider-Man news. Jeremy Williams. What's up? Am I low? My you, level's you still low. You seem like you're low. You sounded, you sounded gonna, a, a can, you, distant, can you man. talk for a minute? Yeah, checking. One, two. Whoa, now I'm getting echoey. Yeah, something from another some, mic. Maybe I'm on the wrong one. Keep check, talking. Check, One, two, one, two. I don't, Looks like for a moment today, Netflix accidentally published all of House of Cards season three. Oh, really? That's interesting. That is wow. interesting. Wow. I mean, it's done. They've been yeah, yeah, promoing yeah. it. Checking. One, two. I guess it's one of the pitfalls of having all their shows ready at once for so, the season. So somebody watched the ending and posted the ending online. <gasps> oh, oh damn! Yeah, I'm not sure you're plugged in uh, on the bottom. Well, wow, that's terrible. It's, it's like live, but it's weak. Yeah, that's coming. No, check. Tap on it now. Tapping, tapping. That's terrible. Tap on it now. I can't. Oh, okay. Tap, check, I check, check, I check, 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 check. There I am. What's up? Um, that explains a lot. Hi. I kept turning so Norm no, down. You no up. House of Cards spoilers. I don't like these people that do that. Yeah, that post stuff or spoil things. Both. They spoil for themselves, and then because they feel so bad about well, spoiling for themselves, they want to spoil it for the The thing world. is, when it does officially come out, anyone's going to be able to watch the very last five minutes anyway. True, but we're months is this away the end from of that. it. No, we're only th- like two weeks away from it. Oh, it's it only two weeks. It comes out February 27th. Oh, fantastic. Is this the, the, is this the third and final it. season? That's it. I like I like these limited runs on shows. That makes well, me Well, the really original excited. was the same. I think they did three. The original House two of Cards. Seasons. There was House of Cards to play the king, and one other after that. I can't remember what it was, but the story of Francis Urquhart the British Prime Minister that Francis mm-hmm. Underwood is based on in the American version ran for three seasons. But he mm-hmm. became Prime Minister the same way that, you know, mm. Underwood becomes President in the House of Cards. And Spoilers, I probably shouldn't spoil it. The, don't, no, don't the, spoil the, the, it the British yeah. version ends a certain way, which I imagine, I'm guessing, the American version will probably end in a similar way. Yeah. Mm. I, I just like the not, like if you look at the TV shows that I've loved over the last 10, 12, 15 years, like you look at things that started out so strong, like that first season of Battlestar Galactica is one of the best seasons of network t- of TV ever. Truth. It's unbelievable. Like the, from the first two episodes, it keeps pace the entire way through. I don't think that there's a bad episode in that first season. And then by the third season, they were just like, well, I don't know. We got to keep going somehow. Keep, also, keep the, moving. those first seasons were much shorter because they think of them as they, they filmed them as a, episodes no 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 the first <laughs> season it? first season was shot as a two-hour pilot uh and then done as a short miniseries i'm not talking about the miniseries i'm talking about the what starts with 33 in water which was the first actual season man so that's that's, that's the miniseries episode. 33 is that's, 33 that's is one of my favorite episodes. that's the miniseries mm-hmm. i thought the, yep. the stuff with the station and the destruction of, of that's the pilot Black. that's two up two hours Right. So the, so all so water and thirty three were supposed to be one two hour. No 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 no. Bit water is the third episode of season one. Right. I don't know what's going I, what on. What I'm talking anymore. about is thirty three and water, where season one starts, not the pilot. Because remember, they aired that stuff, and then like six months later, a year later, they aired, they started the actual run of the season. Um, it's really good. Thirty three is a really fantastic episode of TV. You had a point about my point all the was, shows coming out. Yeah, twenty four. The first couple of seasons minus the Cougar of twenty four were amazing, and then they were just you know you have to keep ramming the formula down the throats yeah. of, the, of of America. So you like three seasons? Cut it. I like I like like, like Seinfeld stopping at the top yeah. of the show. I mean, even Babylon Five. <laughs> I, I don't think Seinfeld After stopped at the top years. of the show. That was their plan. They that were last top, season was still pretty ratings. good. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, the sitcoms are different because there's no there's no arc. Yeah, when you have a, a narrative arc that runs through the whole story through the whole show, like it's hard to maintain that for five or six seasons unless you have a really solid plan going in. And like Breaking Bad is probably the only thing I can think of off the top of my head mm. that maintained that all the way through. Most, like Lost was a complete shit show by the end. Um, True Detective keeping the show running. True but Detective was like twelve cr- episodes, but create a new story. Yeah, it's it's um, what is it you call that? 
That's, what? Uh, what's like True Detective? So it's, it's anthology. Anthology. Oh, yeah. Right, sorry. Yeah, like uh, American Horror Stories, yeah, or American Horror Story. Yeah. Anyway, so that's um, uh, you're watching TV. You're watching Plex. You have all of your stuff ripped on your server, and all of a sudden you see an ad for Pepsi or Diet Coke in the middle of your rip of Guardians of the Galaxy. What do, do you think about that? Do they know what I'm watching? I don't know about that, but you're getting a little bit ahead. But you're you're watching something that clearly should not have nope, an ad. Nope. And all of a sudden, bam! There's an ad. Ads in are placed. So basically, Hulu. You know, shows are written with ad spots. I mean, you got to place yeah. an ad where it's a cliffhanger, so you come back. I don't want an ad just in the middle of a dialogue. Well, when I was when I was a kid, I used to watch Star Trek on the BBC. Um, oh I never, yeah. I never understood why a scene would fade out. And come back again, and it was just where, like, it was like, wait, why did you even like have a fade out there? They're just standing in the same positions, yeah. and I didn't realize that's where in, in the American original version, that's mm-hmm. where the ad breaks would have been. The other side of that is watching the '70s Doctor Who's in America, where they would cut out 12 minutes of the show to make room for ads. <laughs> yeah, that's right. and then there'd just be a cliffhanger, and you'd come back, and then there'd be nothing. Well, that's what that's what um, that's what PBS was doing with uh, Downton Abbey. They didn't oh, have ads sucks. on PBS, do they? No, but they have ads on ITV where it's oh. originally shown. Oh, and so there was some thing about how with the PBS version you weren't getting the whole. So where oh, where, where are the ads in the UK shows? Or they don't have them. They, they, ha- they have them. I t- yeah, yeah, like there's you know we have the BBC which has no ads at all. It's like HBO it's funded you by your TV ads. license, funded by by the Great British Taxpayer. Right. Um, and and Doctor Who was on the BBC. Doctor Who was on the BBC, so they never had ads. Got it. Uh, but Downton Abbey, which is on ITV, is much the same like a regular American hour-long show. Has like three or four commercial breaks along the way. So do we get an do we get extra Downton Abbey, or are they all just forty-five minutes? Um, I can't remember exactly how it works, but you are much better off. I know there was. A, I just remember in the first season of Downton Abbey, there was some uh, uh, outrage about it not being there being some some stuff in the original UK broadcast that was cut uh, out for t- running time reasons or whatever. So. Anyway, if you were Australian and you have a Samsung Smart TV, recently, you would be watching something on, say, Plex, and wham, a Pepsi ad would show up in the middle of your ripped Blu-ray. How does it... So, and it would come in from the TV. What is the TV doing? I think the TV has Plex. It's a Plex oh, app okay. that runs on the TV. What's the service I'm getting in exchange for watching an app? Nothing. That's now, is this, is this the same as the Samsung story that came out where somebody went through the terms and conditions of a Samsung smart no, TV no, no, and that, said, that's, we're be careful that. about, yeah. talk, don't say anything personal in front of your TV because it might get sent to advertisers. So it's always watching. The terms and conditions said it has voice control. So like anything that has voice control, including if you turn on Hey Siri on your iPhone or right. OK Google or Norm's Motorola phone is always listening. Your Amazon Echo is always listening uh the samsung tv is always listening and it seems like their terms and services were overly broad when maybe the t it's unclear to me from reading a bunch about it whether the tv is actually listening and sending back all the time or whether they were just covering their ass with the terms and disclosures to avoid that so the upshot was the 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 terms of service for the tv said look we can send anything you say in your living room to the internet to listen for (laughs) voice control stuff we may record that. We may keep it for quality control purposes. Don't say anything private in front of your TV, which is idiotic. <laughs> yeah, that's madness. Yeah. So um, face detection, eye detection, is it's a slippery slope. You know, there's that episode of Black Mirror that has that the t- average commercials on TVs that you can't skip. I mean, with DVR because it knows that you're not looking at them. Right. You need to look at a, about a certain amount of time. What? That's you very know, Big Brother. In, 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 a t- well, in, in the TV show, in the science fiction yeah, TV no, show. Okay. But I could see that being a real thing. 
I mean, if you get it, if you want free service, if you want you know whatever Hulu in the, in the future, I mean, you have to. Do you remember keep that, your eyes that, on the on the screen? That patent document that went around that everyone Throw was terrified by. Well, yeah, it's like you're watching that ad comes on, and if you if you just aren't willing to stand up and say, "I love McDonald's," you can skip the ad. Yeah, that's it's the exact same thing. Yeah, and I, I, it's very believable. I, th- I, I think we're we're headed towards a horrible future. Oh, I mean, a book but think of that. the think about the meta level of the, the, the soul, how people, how society will work their way around it. Right, you're, you're doing a Super Bowl party. You'll just stop you're watching playing, TV. No, you're, you're, everyone's going to play the game where someone someone gets the short straw. Will have to shout the I love McDonald's so everyone else can skip I, the commercial. They, the, they have to watch it. <laughs> yeah, everybody else is going to go to the bathroom. Everyone go to the bathroom break, but you're you're designated to watch the commercial this this yeah, round. You become the designated watcher. I exactly. just you're not, you're not allowed to take your eyes off the screen. <laughs> I think if they get intrusive to that point, people will just stop. People will just reject it. Yeah, I mean, people will stop watching those shows. I mean, of course, but then maybe not. That, maybe a yeah. new generation of people will just grow up for whom that's normal, and mm-hmm. you don't think to question it. Well, mm-hmm. you get, you get there's a, little, a whole generation of people who you know, no problem actually watching commercials. Get a life yeah. like uh, blow up doll, stick it in a chair. Right, just let You'd it get some real that's, human that's eyes. Yeah, right in there. How do you mm-hmm. how do you make a fake prosthetic head to fool your smart TV? Frank's new business could be making fake eyeballs to put in your dummy to watch TV for you. It's just like you know, getting in the carpool lane. That's right. Well, yeah, the no, it's not. You put in the in the passenger seat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, uh, Tim Cook gave a talk uh, or was interviewed on stage at a Goldman Sachs technology conference yesterday. Uh, Goldman Sachs is that's some that's some good music, Jeremy. Wreck-It Ralph. Mario theme. Wreck It Ralph. Yeah, oh, it's very Mario. It's the Fix It Felix theme song. Yes. Um, he talked about a bunch of stuff. He talked about um, uh, uh, environmental concerns. They're moving to power as much of what they can do on uh, solar, renewable uh, power, data centers, stores, the new uh, circular headquarters in Cupertino. Um, yeah, they have a massive solar array thing. in Monterey. They yeah. announced that nine hundred fifty million dollars to build an array that can power not only all I the think Apple stores. Eight hundred fifty million dollars. Eight hundred fifty million dollars to power all the Apple stores in California plus their headquarters. Um, That's pretty rad. Yeah. He, he talked about Apple Watch and how he's he finds that to be a much better interface for Siri. So I think the Apple Watch conversation was probably the, the most relevant in terms of new products, and it's you know it's CEO spin, Tim Cook spin, who can't do it quite as well I think as Steve Jobs could, but uh, he said you know there are other watches out there he couldn't name you know people out there most of the general public I think he was saying couldn't name specific smartwatches out there, which I'm not sure if that's true. Definitely in our audience, people could name other smartwatches, Pebble and the Android watches. Yeah, if nothing else, Pebble has market exactly. penetration. Exactly. A million people of Pebble. Uh, but his point is that uh, people haven't done it right, and they're gonna, the Apple the smartwatch, the Apple watch is going to do it right. And he was wearing an Apple watch on stage, and he explained how it has changed his life. Uh, he uses it during uh, exercise, so the, the heart monitor stuff. He talked about how um, the vibration, the haptic feedback was a big thing. And I think this is probably the biggest thing about the Apple Watch that we're not taking into account, the haptic feedback, how the watch will generally nudge you if you haven't been walking a lot in a day. He said right. it will remind you to stand once an hour. Yep. I, I turned that on on my jawbone, and it was literally the most annoying thing in the world. <laughs> so I turned it off immediately. We'll fi- I guess we'll right. find out whether that's the case for Apple right. users sitting, in, in a month, sitting, in a month or a minute s- and a half. Sitting is the new cancer. That's what Tim Cook said. Yep. And scientists. Uh, he talked about uh, how it's going to connect people. And mostly, I mean, this is something that for the Google Wear, Google Now being something you can query Google on your watch, that's extremely useful, not just the notification stuff. Being able to think of Siri, a personal digital assistant, the real PDA on your wrist, um, 
Do you, is going to be the 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 big game changer with the Apple Watch. Do you use Google Now more since you can use it on your wrist than you Absolutely. did before? Yeah. Siri is still terrible though. I think that's how I they're think planning it's to... much better with eight than it was before. I I, I used it. I, I had a terrible experience with it just yesterday. Yeah, I needed I needed to go to an address in San Francisco, so I said, "Hey Siri, uh, give me directions to this address." And they said, "Here are directions to this address in like Akron, Ohio." I'm like. Do you are you not able to use the GPS to figure out where I am That's and, then, and then give me the nearest version of that address? Like, why are you giving me that? Like, Siri is a punchline. Here's and a it's question: It's going to be a long time before they can improve. It's that. still bad. All, all, the, all, all the voice stuff is bad. Connect is still shitty. Well, the now, Google we, Now stuff is great. That's what he says. Yeah. That's true. Google now, the Google stuff is the only voice activation stuff I've used that, that and feels really reliable. If you have the Google Now stuff integrated with your um, calendar and stuff, if you're using Gmail for your calendar, then it has the context to know, assuming you fill out the location field in your appointments. Yeah. Like, it gives you notifications that tell you, okay, this is, how far, this is where you are, this is how far away you are, it'll take you this long to drive. It doesn't account for stuff like parking, because I think that probably doesn't affect most of the country. Um, but it's it's... And then it, because it has that context, it's a, the voice is much more accurate as well. The thing that I think the primary difference between Siri and Google Now, Google Now gets you the information more accurately that you want more time. But I think Siri is still better at the conversational nature of how you actually query it. With Google, the best results you're getting going to get are the ones when you query Google the way you would a search field, when you parse your your the way you query it, not sometimes in a form of question, but give it basically keywords. With Siri, because of the way people interact with Siri, because it's named Siri, because a lot of people, people think, it's, a person, think yeah. it's, it's some type of digital representation of a person, they communicate it in a more colloquial way. And I think Apple has done that better than Google. And I think that's what's going to help the Apple Watch. This idea that you can converse with it, ask a question. When's my next appointment? You know, set it reminders right. in a way that feels less artificial than what it actually is. Um, he did. He explicitly used the MP3 iPod analogy to talk about Apple Watch in terms of a product category that other people have have come into first, and that they then improved to the point that they became the. Yeah, leaders. I, think that's, I, I think that will very very well be the case. I think the smartwatch thing could really bite him in the ass. Uh, no, I, I think it's I, legit. Think I, think I agree with Will because I think that it's not. We're not in the age of the iPod. I think Apple has been dominant for so long, and people kind of understand, at least in their heads, the Apple way or trying to be like the Apple way. Right. And that's one of the reasons that Pebble is successful. I mean, we have people who but used Pebble, to work but at Pebble Apple. Pebble is not successful, though, in the sense that if you just said Pebble is a big deal, it sold a million units. Well, it's if a Apple only sell on a million watches, that will be a disaster. Yes, but they went from nothing, and they went from nothing not even tied to a platform to selling a million units just through something yeah, on like the first product. But yeah. the point of Pebble to me is kind of the is kind of the the. Um, the version of like the Diamond Rio MP3 player that we had like 15 years ago. Like there are players out there and there is a market, but they're niche products. And it's not a mass market. It's not right. going to change the world. Yes. Which they, Apple makes products to change the world. They could say great products. But I would say that Tim Cook's argument that they can look to the iPod and, you know, even back in the days of the iPod, there were Diamond Rios and then the iPod came along, Steve Jobs, they changed everything. I don't think you can make that a perfect, that's not a perfect analogy for today. There are people who have worked at Apple, Tony Fidel now works at Google. And you can't say that he's lost everything he learned at Apple making the iPod. You know, the, the competition is different now. Well, no, and Google, I think, has been very successful, but there isn't really another company out there like Apple that is having the same kind of consumer success with all their products the way Apple is. The, the creepiest thing about the watch. If, if there were, someone else already would have made a big dent with a smartwatch, and they haven't. 
They're, they're, they're peripheral I mean, they've shipped right three now. quarters of a million of the, of the Google Wear watches at this point. Which is and again, so not and, and terrible, again, it, it, but in but Apple not, terms, that's tiny. Yes, yeah, yeah. And a lot of the strength in Apple isn't just that they have the R and D to make what they think is the best product and experiment with things, but they have the momentum of a hundred million you know, billion user base and a much easier ecosystem to work in because it's much more static. You know, there's probably a lot of people like me and Gary. I don't know if, actually if you're going to buy an Apple Watch or not, but I plan to as soon as I can. I've, but I've never had a smart a smartwatch, so I'm going into it kind of blind. Whereas with MP3s, I own a bunch of MP3 players and I hated yeah. their interfaces and so when the iPod came out I thought that was incredibly sexy but coming from a non-smartwatch uh, user I don't really have the perspective you guys have I'd, I'd be curious to see what you guys think once it comes out to see if the user experience is what a level up what the iPod was to yeah. the you know the Rio or what the, the iPad was to the I will get tablets. an Apple watch but again I'm the last person to ask because I'm the guy whether it be Apple or anything really like if it's, if it's new and shiny right. I kind of want it like I yeah. want to I'm a big early adopter um, and there will be network. I'm effects. not going to get the crazy one that costs all the money. Uh, I'll just get like a middle middle range one. I, I'm curious to see what they do with that top tier one that is the gold uh, one. Yeah, whatever the gold one is, it's like actually being marketed as a high end watch. God, you uh, have you have Tim Cook saying things like you know that Apple Watch is beautiful and great and it's customizable, but it really isn't in term in, in the world of watches. You know when you think of how many it's first gen. But the th- but the thing is, I'd, I'd, I'd be curious to know how it works at the top end because again, Apple's in the business of selling you a new version of a product every year, and you can buy a high end fashion watch. You can buy like an Omega or a Rolex watch and wear that for 20, 30 years. You don't really do that with an Apple watch. It's going to be outdated in two or three years. I think that's something they learned with the iPad because when they sold the iPad and it had that huge rise and now it's kind of petered off and they said in their last earnings call, they realized that the buying, the the, the uh, behavior, buying behavior for iPads is more akin to PCs and laptops than it is to phones. Um, and it's a three or four or five year product versus a one year product or two year product. And going into new products and new business strategies, they're going to know that the watch they know what the existing market is for non-smart watches. They must have a strategy in place to forecast how their watch is going to sell and how people are going to buy their watch. The, the cr- oh, go ahead, Jeremy. They're iterating really slowly now on the iPad, just in terms of new features. And there's nothing really amazing coming out anymore. Whereas with the next, the second generation, third generation of the, of the Apple Watch, there's going to be some really, really great new features. It's going to be a lot smaller. There's going to be. A lot I think. More I think there is. I think there is a huge, huge difference, not just in terms of whatever the difference in the quality of the product might be. I'm sure the Apple Watch will be, I'm guessing, one of the better smartwatches in terms of just the user experience and, you know, how it feels to have it on your wrist and all that stuff. The difference is, though, it's being, I think it's being approached as a completely different proposition where if you think about like Google Watch and Pebble, those are essentially the descendants of the Casio calculator watch you used to wear on your wrist. It's a geeky watch to wear. Whereas, you know, it's no mistake I, that I Apple have brought over I people from Burberry and Tag Heuer, that they're, they're, they are positioning this as a premium brand prestige watch the same way Omega and, and Rolex and those high-end brands. It's a completely different market. I, I, would, I would agree with you on that first-gen Pebble Steel and some of the Android watches. I think some of the Android watches have a really nice design. And I think the Pebble Steel is a, is a, fits in really well in that $200 kind of mall watch, you know, the fossils and all that yeah. kind of stuff, yeah. which is an entirely acceptable place to be because it's a $200 watch. Yeah, like a mid-range watch. Yeah. Um, the, thing, the thing that I thought was funny about this interview is he, he explicitly says, look, he, he mentioned the standing up thing in the in the talk and said it was a little bit weird at Apple when all of a sudden at the 10 minutes to the top of the hour, <laughs> everybody, everybody who's wearing a watch stood up. 
simultaneously. It's kind of pod people-y in, a, in the way that people usually accuse Apple people of being. So I hope that they randomize that that reminder time. <laughs> or customize it to your behavior yeah. and your work schedule. And, you know, the watch will get smarter. You'll, you'll teach it things. And I'm sure they have smart people programming that UI. Um, I, th- I don't think the, the big hurdle, I think, and I think my projection is that when the reviews come out, they're, people are going to love the user experience because I think they focus a lot on that. But I don't think people are going to be able to get over the hurdle of charging it once a day. Normal people. I wind my watch once a day. I mean, norm- I that's not going to be a problem. Everyone's used to that now. I mean, people are used to. I think people are used to taking off their watch at the end of the day. Very few people sleep with their watch on. You take it, put it on the nightstand. I don't know what their charging solution is, but if they can, if there's some kind of thing where you can just like put it on a pad, not, it has a big magnet. It's thing. a big magnet bracket thing where you kind of lock it. In. At least that's what they showed last year. My hunch is it'll work like MagSafe, but bigger. I hope so because it needs to be very easy just to put it down at night at the end of the day when you take it off and then pick it up again when you get up I in agree. the morning. Nor made an interesting point a couple weeks ago when I was here. Sorry, uh, that's parking. Um, he asked, what if Apple opened up the uh, Apple Watch to Android? Um, can, that I could, think that's a second gen or third gen product yeah, idea. Probably not first gen, absolutely, but that's an interesting way to expand the market. I don't think that they're going to, I don't think there's any, why would they do that? They haven't opened up iMessage to PC and that would bring people into the iMessage ecosystem. The, but they did just announce something is going to be on Android. What would, did you guys know what that was? Uh, I, I don't. I, I think it's an easy way to try to get more market share, but I don't think that's what Apple is going to do. Um, uh, let's see. So other stuff we talked about was Apple Pay. Uh, they said they were. He said they were really surprised by how many people rushed to get it implemented in time for Christmas. They didn't expect that. When you say people, you mean retailers? Retailers, companies. Um, uh, again, highlighted that Apple doesn't collect any personal information, and that the highlight, the security of Apple Pay is that your hardware, your number, your credit card number never goes to the retailer. So it prevents you from that man in the middle attack where the cashier at your local shoe store swipes the card once for once for you and then once for the skimmer. Which All is good. three of you have Apple Pay. I don't have Apple Pay. Has it affected the way you pay for things? I presume, like on flights, now that airplanes are going to get Apple Pay, that's brilliant. It's my preferred way to pay for things if, if I can. If Apple Pay is available, I'll use it because it's super easy. I always it's ask just, if you know, I it's see not, the hat. It's not in a ton of places yet. If I go to a Walgreens or a place that I know has it, then yeah, I'll totally use and it. And it's still cool. Like if somebody is there who hasn't seen it before, I will make a point to show them. Um, <laughs> if if you if the if the card reader has the hat, the little RFID hat or NFC hat, I always ask. Hmm. Um, at this point. Like I asked somebody, I was at Best Buy buying something a few weeks ago and the, the guy there was like, no, we don't have it yet, but it's coming next month. We can't wait because it means that we don't have to, they don't have to look at the back of your card. They don't have to ask to see ID. The transaction's a lot faster. And at a big store like Best Buy, he didn't say this, but my understanding is a lot of times like at Target, cashier's performance is rated on how fast they can get people through. Oh, really? Yeah. So they love it. So they, they want less card business and more just boom, press yeah. your thumb. I have used it a couple times and had to pay, had to sign too, which I find weird. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, whatever. You printed out a thing you had to sign? Yeah. I used it in a cab in Vegas or in someplace. I can't remember, but it was weird. So did Tim Cook talk at all about Beats? Well, Beats is the Android app. That's the one, by the way. Yeah. Uh, He talked about China, about the fact that they have points of sale in China and that they're taking on, like, that's where their growth came from. He talked about hitting $700 million market cap. Billion. Billion, sorry. That's... I think that that's the big surprising thing. When we think about Apple, and we talked a little about this with the earnings call, how many iPhones they sold, we think that's a staggering number to sell in the quarter, $73 million, or million iPhones. That's an insane number uh, of phones. It is, and just from a production standpoint. But the, the market is 
seven, eight billion people potentially. Um, and well, not yet, not yet, yeah. not yet. But that's one of the things that Bill Gates talked about in his annual letter is that in the developing world, these devices, smart devices that people don't have access to, that's what's going to change the world. Um, and, and yeah, but I, that's so, not going to happen through premium products. That's going to happen through lower. You'd end. say that, true, but if it's true. your only point of connection, it may be more premium product than a flip phone. And, and I think that you know, you, there's a role for the flip phone. There's a role for the, the low cost Android phone in a lot of those uh, other countries uh, and those markets. But Apple is doing the right thing by, for, from their business perspective, making the products that they think are great and charging a high average selling price and ke- having high margins and not diluting their their product line. And it's worked for them. It's a, China's a huge growth market for them. I think people over there want to buy their phones, and there are a lot of people there that's growing middle class who don't have the ability to buy that phone. I mean, do you know that people there want to buy their phones because people were waiting here in line to buy phones and send them to China? Um, Like, not just on launch day, but for weeks and weeks afterwards. Uh, The last thing that he talked about was the Mac. He said that they are 7% of the PC market, and that while the rest of the PC market is stagged, this is the same line he's given for years now. Only seven? Yeah, seven or nine. I can't remember. It's always remember. been about that number. Yeah, but that's why I thought it would have gone up by now. It's all seven percent. It's all about what you consider to be the quote unquote PC market. Also, right. Uh, I think there is an argument to be made uh, that the iPad is could be within the PC market because people who would have traditionally bought a netbook or bought a laptop or even bought an all-in-one PC. I mean, my parents use that. Are only using tablets. Whether it's Android or iPad, it's the main computer for my parents and and a lot of their friends. Like they have an iPad, and my mom and dad share it, and that's the thing that they use if they need a real computer. They have wow. a keyboard for it. Um, uh, a lot of things we talked about in terms of like iOS seven and eight. A lot of the criticism that Apple has received over the past few months is uh, this feature so much. This emphasis on putting features into iOS and macOS. And so there was a report earlier this week uh, that says that this year, it's not going to be about features. It's going to be about polishing stability so and compatibility uh, for iOS. Snow Leopard or Mountain Lion versus... Something, something like that. Um, I mean, I, I think if you look at if you look at the stuff that they added in iOS 8, a lot of it's really good. Continuity, where you know things pass over from your phone and your laptop to your tablet seamlessly is really great when it works. But there's a lot of rough edges there. If, if and with as with Apple stuff traditionally, if it doesn't just work, it's really hard to make it work. Yes, like, it's it's unclear exactly what's going wrong. There's no clear interface for a lot of that stuff, and you have to just kind of figure it out or I, reset. I, you know, when Apple works, when this, and this is true of any technology, but like when Apple works, it's great. When it doesn't work, it's almost kind of more annoying with Apple because you know they they've they've, they've built their business on this like it just works. So when it doesn't just work. It's particularly annoying. I'll, they won't acknowledge it either. And they, and they won't. The, right. one, the one thing that I want more than anything out of the next iteration of software from Apple, and I, I can't stress this enough because it, it blots my... I, I, as you know, I love Apple. I'm an Apple TV, iPad, iPhone, Mac kind of guy. We're an Apple household, and everything's integrated, and that's great. Airplay stuff to the TV, mm-hmm. play you know, my iTunes collection on my Apple TV. You're all in. That stuff, all we that get stuff's it. great. But it is marred significantly by the fact that iTunes is a piece of shit and I desperately wish that they would just burn that fucking thing to the ground and rebuild it completely from the ground up. That's why I hope why Beats is part of that. They just rebuild it all. as like They get rid of iTunes completely and just, if they want to call it Beats Music or whatever, and they re- rebuild the app, rebuild the service from scratch because it is shite, and I hate it, and so, it doesn't work, and, it, and, and, and fucking iTunes match? Crap. It, I hate it so much. It's a waste and of $25 a year. It's a waste of $25 a year. It doesn't work. Literally today, I was in the car 
And oh, there's a song that I wanted to listen to. I dial it up. Oh, sorry, that song's only available in the cloud and you can't download it. Yesterday it wasn't. It was on my phone. Now iTunes decides it's in the cloud and I why, can't have what, it. What? Why Fuck off. <laughs> um... Speaking I'm of, sick of it. Speaking I of was things. this close late last year to, to getting a fucking Android phone. That's how low... That I, is I, absolutely I, untrue. Yeah. No, it's to- totally true. Patently untrue. That would last three I hours. Was this close. I, this close. We can make that happen. We can get you an Android phone right now. I'll, I'll take me your iPhone. I was like... Because we'll you can just drag happen. and drop the music, right? Like, that just works. That is one thing that you can just do, yes. I want to do that. I can't wait. <laughs> this is going to be great. I spent... I took my phone into an Apple store and spoke to two different iTunes geniuses. Both of whom That said, seems like an oxymoron. Genii? Ox- iTunes know. genius. Okay. Well, Apple geniuses both looked at my phone and said... I don't know what's going on there, but that's really weird. And <laughs> and they also secretly said to me, I won't tell you what Apple Store this was, but they said to me, yeah, we know. iTunes is shit. I hate it as well. Oh, but sure what, they oh, they all know. Yeah. yeah. That's one of the things in their handbook. Yeah, you're allowed to confide. Build trust with the consumer. By, right. by, yes. Yeah. Build, but you know what? build we'll, up a bit of Stockholm we'll, syndrome with, we'll, the, we'll with f- the consumer. With we'll the cattle. Fix it. We'll fix it in the summer. They have to fix it. So, I mean, they're burning down iPhoto, right? And rebuilding So that. I was going to say burn that's, down iTunes. It's the next thing on the list. Yeah, yeah let's nice do segue. it. Yeah, very good. Um, iPhoto Photos for OS X beta has been out for developers for a few weeks now. There's a lot of video coverage of that on the internet if you want to go see it. It's very different to iPhoto? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a. Uh, it looks like a modern app versus something that was designed in like two thousand five. I I don't particularly like iPhone. Is it? But you know, I I, I can live with it. It doesn't, it doesn't make me want to shoot myself like iTunes does. Well, but did, it did, does. Look, people, it's just because you don't use it enough. So people were crying out. What for do you use iPhoto for? Photo management. That's exactly it. So, uh, photos for macOS is not. It's going to be both the better photo management tool. Yes, and also, also, editing? also editing. Okay, so there'll be higher level, higher level photo editor. And that's because they got rid of aperture. Right. There's no more aperture, and they're using the one, you know, high end consumer free application as right. opposed to splitting between the right. bundle. Photo management right. program and the so actual the, photographers the, that want to be able to get in there and really tweak their photos will get more like well, this version. They'll, they're going to go to Lightroom. Oh, they just you still use yeah. Lightroom or Bridge. So, or whatever. Who, so who is it for then? Photos. It's, it's for everyone else. It's, it's for people who used iPhoto before, but but who presumably want well, higher level tools. Also, it's, people coming it from the phone. I think it, it mirrors yeah. the functionality of the Photos app. It has all the same editing capabilities as the app and the phone does. Right. So I, th- I think what uh, the Photos app and even Instagram have kind of taught. Uh, casual photographers, people who even think of themselves as photographers who now take thousands and thousands of iPhone photos and post them on Facebook and Instagram, um, the tweaking tools in that are basically simplified versions, uh, language at least, for powerful photo editing tools that people, professionals have used for decades. It's basically like uh, crop adjust, uh, levels, No, no, even more than that. I'm talking about like light, uh, highlights, shadows, uh, color temperature, all of that is in a a simple program like uh, But the vast majority of, of people that are taking pictures of their dinner on Instagram don't really want you to, they just want to slap a filter on it and maybe wrong. tweak it a little you're bit. You're wrong. Really? Because I, I don't want to mess about. Pe- people, I think the relation, they really want to be able to fine tune. And, and the filter is great. And the filter teaches you, you know, visually ingrains in your head what's the difference between warm, a warm filter and a cold filter. Yeah. And so from that, we've had 
two years of that. Now people are going in, and you can like adjust the, the the level of the filter. You can go in and actually ch- change the vignetting, change the actual tilt, the fake tilt of the photo, the blur effects. All these things are just analogs for powerful photo editing tools. And Apple is doing what they've always done, which is to slowly expose that to a growing user base because that's just like with uh, iMovie and uh, Final Cut. Right. And maybe that's not what professionals want right but the bigger user base the bigger opportunity right. is to capture the you know that the, so the, the, i've got an idea base. for a photo app this could be the new selfie stick so like think about instagram right okay nope we're done like, listen, <laughs> i'm killing your feed jeremy what were you gonna say listen what okay so we know that i don't know what the pie chart looks like but if you look at it'd be interesting to see there's a breakdown like what if you look at all the photos on instagram what typically are they like what percentage of them are selfies probably a lot right what percentage of them are pictures of food probably a lot lot. so here's my idea it's like a foodie it's like instagram but just for pictures of food and it's really easy instead of like these weird vague filters that are things like lux and warm and things like i don't know what it is until i hit it and see what it looks like it's just like okay so like one filter is just called burrito like if you've got if you if you have a if a burrito is what you've got in front of you the burrito filter is what's going to make that look the best i like if you've got chinese food in front of you the chinese food filter is going to make that look the best okay okay i'm in and it could just intelligent you know a burrito is is basically kind of beige it really kind of brings out the, to- you know, the tortilla. <laughs> the the, the, the application is smart colors. enough to know what type of tortilla you're using. Oh, this person's using a spinach tortilla. I'm going to apply a different temperature Let's here. put this on Kickstarter. I'm going to call it 50 yeah. Shades of Food. I want you to do the video. <laughs> and, and, and so you'd have a burrito filter. You'd have like a taco filter. Yep, yep. You'd have ramen. Uh, what? Ramen. Ramen filter. Yeah. Uh, hot, hot steak. Dog. Fish. Yeah. Uh, Chinese food. All the cuisines French of the laundry. world. All the quins, yeah. French and because you've you do technically filters. you've yeah. tagged your food as you applied the filter, right? As opposed to typing it in, it knows yeah. what people are yeah. eating. Because yeah, because that's you, big that, data. No, that's work. brilliant, right? Because when you when you just put a filter on your burrito, it just, all it Instagram knows is this is some food with a bit of a green filter on it. That's right. But if you put burrito filter, Instagram's going to know. Well, that's a burrito. And it's going to target that to people that might well, like burritos. And yes, not only does it know it's a burrito, it knows where you were, so it knows happens, what restaurant it was at. But what happens at. if you've got like fish and chips and you put the burrito filter on it? Well, that that just that gets break, filtered out. that break it? No, no, that, no, that's where the that. users will, will downvote Yeah, yeah you downvote that and you'd get quickly kicked <laughs> off the service. Like, right. Take this seriously, please. <laughs> Same thing with animals. Why can't this apply to animals? Uh, I have the, the cat filter, dog well, filter. One, one thing at a time. Oh, maybe that's, that's, a, maybe that's a stretch goal. Thing. Fifty Shades of Kitties. <laughs> <laughs> we need to come up with a name for this. Fifty Shades of Pooch. By the way, last week's uh, thing where we were supposed to come up with a name for our royal text oh, yes. movie let's, let's, was let's a complete convene. bust. No, we didn't get no. any good ones. Yes, yeah, so we got Todd two, saved yeah. the, Todd, that is the best. Todd, Todd saved the queen was the only good one. That's the best. Yeah, that's the I winner. Would, I would watch that Whoever movie. came up with that is the winner, basically. TJ Miller stars. Yeah. TJ Miller's down. His his stock is falling this okay, week. Okay, so though. so your new challenge after fucking oh up boy. last week, tested audience. <laughs> Why are you doing this again? It was a disaster last well, week. Well, but you know, sooner or later, just just email that one guy and be like, hey, can you do this? <laughs> that poster was really good, though. What poster? The red poster. Oh no, that Queen was Silhouette. brilliant. No, yeah. he did a great job. So him yeah. and the Todd Save the Queen guy came out of it looking yeah. good. Everyone else terrible. F. Go back. See me after class. Gary Witted does not. But here is your chance to redeem yourself. Come up with a name for an app that is Instagram for food and has like burrito and fish and chip filters and things like that. Insta food. Insta. Nope. nope. Insta grub. Food. Insta grub. I've done it. Sorry. Competition canceled. Jeremy Williams. About ten minutes ago, you were going to try to say something. I think, and and um, Uh, it's much less interesting. Jeremy, do you have the technological uh, uh, wherewithal to build this app? Yes. Let's do it. Snap snack. 
No, we've got it. It's Instagram. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not Snap. Snap Snack is not bad as snap well, actually. Snap Snack or the, Instagram. What's the revenue oh. model? Are you selling the hamburger The revenue filter? model is people buy the app. The, no, the revenue with, model with a base, Yes, with a basic number of filters. People download the app and I sell an IPO for, and sell, I buy my Tesla. But then one, you sell one. the cuisines of the world. Here comes some underpants gnome level shit. <laughs> Question mark. The business model of the app is, is release, build it, release it for free, and then sell the Facebook and then buy my Tesla. <laughs> that's the business model. Yeah, let's do that. We build it up, we sell filters, and we then we sell it to like six months from now, sell it to Facebook for like a billion dollars, and we all retire. <laughs> all right. All right, Instagram. Snap snack. I'm, I'm participating oh, in this, this only this because like, I don't want to like get This is like Pied Piper all over again. This is like, uh, yes, oh. but, it's, but it's like Instagram and what was the other one uh, that no one remembers? Instamatic. Hipstamatic. Oh, That's right. Hipstamatic oh, and Instagram. Poor Hipstamatic, because right? Instagram just totally blew them poor away. Instagram. But had poor the idea, Instagrub. But poor Hipstamatic. Poor <laughs> Hipstamatic had the idea first. I think Instagrub is a better title than Snap Snack. I think that we should talk about <laughs> unlocking your phone. What about it? Starting today. Well, yesterday, because we're recording yesterday and it's really today for us, but yesterday yeah. for them. Uh, if you take your paid for phone, mm-hmm to your carrier's place or call them on the phone, they have to unlock it. Is that the law now? Within a it's year. It's not the law. It's as soon as you buy contact. it. As soon as it's paid for. The contract is So done. when your contract is up after oh. two years, or... I thought that was already the way You would have thought that, but not so much. Um, or if you've had the phone for a year, you pay your bill on time and all that, and you're like, hey, I'm going to go to Europe for a couple of weeks. I need to get a SIM card while I'm over there. You need to unlock my phone. They have to do it. Okay. So good news for people who travel and have phones. Yeah. You could have used this last month, like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it would have been good. I bloody hell, my my cell phone bill. How much when was, I was it in London? It was five hundred and something dollars. Well, that's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. It was high because you know I, I burned through the data. I bur- I, I re-upped my data five times while I was there. Wow! And I had to do a lot of calls, and the calling rate is crazy. It would have been much much cheaper for me to just get a burner SIM card, but then I wouldn't have my number. You should have gotten a burner I, phone. I, I couldn't do my business. If I don't have my number. Well, you need local phone case. You need to buy local drugs, right? That's the way it works in your business. Local drugs? Yeah, you need drugs. for. You don't want to have to. What kind of business do you think I'm in? Hollywood. Yeah, but maybe in the 80s. It's the creative juices. That's not natural. Maybe you need some sort of designer super ecstasy or cheese or whatever it is they're calling it these days. (laughs) (laughs) You got any of that new hot cheese? I read an article yesterday, a science article about... Um, designer drugs where they're basically making synthetic opioids and synthetic cannabinoids and all sorts of stuff that kills people in like three hours because they're the perfect uh, overdose drugs. They take a long time to take effect and, you know, and then people take What's them. What's the market for that? Uh, Southern Florida, it seems like. is where most well, of the people, that, people that want to kill themselves? No, no, people are using them there because it's new and it's not, it's not illegal yet and it's stuff that doesn't show up on drug tests. Don't do drugs, kids. That's the lesson from all of this. Um, and because people don't know what the signs of these ODs are, they go to the emergency room. The doctors don't know what's wrong with them, and then they just die. Yikes. It's super It's super sad. So, yeah, don't do drugs. Do you think if they came up with a drug that was, like, super awesome? Soma. Like, basically, I mean, I, I have no idea what it feels like to be on heroin. I imagine it's pretty great. I think like, people who've taken heroin would probably agree, yeah. Yeah, right? Um, but was completely safe, and an hour later, you were just like, yeah, that was brilliant. Like synthaheroin? Yeah, synthaheroin. I would, yeah, like, I think everybody they, would take that. Everyone would take it, right? No. If there was no lasting side if effects? If there was absolutely, it was 100% safe. No if chance of addiction? it was as safe as eating a carrot. Not addictive. You can not die eating a carrot. completely non-addictive and with no uh, uh, mm-hmm. 
detrimental health effects at all. And when the effects you are end, completely, is, is it like a you light are switch? in a heroin-like uber bliss state? Yeah. for like two hours, and then it just goes away, and you're completely fine, go back to work. Sounds delightful. I think everybody would take that. Why? Why hasn't someone invented that? I think that's what the people who are making synthetic opioids in Canada. Yeah, each, each time they do. come up with like they're looking for fleek it. or whatever the new drug is. Like the that, problem that, is your on the problem is your brain. The way well, no, those I'm things saying work. that you would. I'm saying know, that the drug would be called fleek. Yes, oh. and it would be considered on fleek. Fair point. Fleet, fleet feek. Fleet. Then people would say to you, are you on fleek? Hey, guys. It's, and you'd say, what, it's do you, fleek do you mean, like, untested. Am I, like, cool? Or am I actually the taking table some fleek right now? It would be really confusing. The problem is human physiology. Yes. What? What do you mean? Because once we like something, the neurotransmitter gets locked, and we well, no, but, yeah, but What we need to do is not just make better drugs, but also alter our physiology, like tweak a few things in our DNA. That's the, that's the, the way to do it. You've got to alter both the software and the hardware. This is some Ian Banks level stuff. Yeah. If we tweak our own the, DNA so we, we don't get addicted to anything and have a restore state. Snapshots. Restore state for your body. Yeah. Yeah. Just roll back. Roll yeah. back two hours. Just return. Just revert to an earlier save. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> the University of Pennsylvania uh, team at the University of Pennsylvania ran a study that shows that uh, phones, like your iPhone 6 or iPhone 5S. I'm glad you clarified that because otherwise I had no idea what you meant by phones. <laughs> well, I mean phones with motion trackers built in. Norm's phone has one. Okay. Uh, are just as good at tracking steps taken as wrist-worn uh, activity bands, things like the Fitbit and uh, the Jawbone and stuff like that. Regardless of which pocket it's in? Is that uh, surprising? What do you mean which pocket? Uh, I, I, it's just nice to have confirmation. I, it's something yeah. I assumed was true. I, I believe that that's the case because of how people carry their phones. I think because you keep it in your pocket versus on a mm-hmm. wrist. And your wrist has more fluctuations in movement that the algorithm has to compensate for yeah. than your butt, which is, or your front pocket, which is just a steady movement with your gait. So I've been wearing, just for kicks, I have this Fitbit um, surge that I've been testing. Jesus, that's a big watch. It is a fucking big watch. Oh, it's an actual Fitbit watch. This is a Fitbit watch. It has notifications. Uh, it can tell me my my heart rate. Right now, seventy three beats per minute. I'm slightly agitated. Oh, real time, real time heart rate. Yeah, isn't that beat. kind of high to be in a resting state? I mine's, don't think this is a resting state. That. No, this is definitely not a resting no, I'm state. Full, full fight or flight, and full, <laughs> full, full effect here. Um, the Nike fuel band was the worst tested thing that they did. Like, it was the most inaccurate. Hmm. Uh, they said that usually the bands and the phones were within 6 or 7%, which seems pretty good on when you're talking about eight or 10,000 steps a day. Um, I, I just thought that was interesting to have that, have that confirmed. I think the phones... I think what's going to happen is those activity bands are going to go away as smartwatches come on and, and more phones have the motion chips and stuff like that. Like, that was a relatively short-lived category. Uh, but it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um... Microsoft bought Sunrise. Do you guys know what Sunrise is? Nope. No, what's that? Uh, so Fanta- so you do, do you know what Fantastical is? Nope. Oh, yeah, it's a great app. Right? Fan- Fantastical is a phenomenal iOS app that is a smart calendar. Uh, basically, its main gist is that it has natural language uh, additions for, cal- for calendar entries. So instead of saying, instead of going in and filling in a bunch of fields, you just say, I'm having lunch with Gary on Friday at 10 a.m. at this place. What, you and have it, to type that in, or do you say it? You just type it in, or you can... Okay. We, I or you can presume, use the microphone also. Yeah, you can use the microphone on the iPhone, whatever. It's like Google okay. Calendar has that. Google Calendar is yeah. the same thing. Fantastical was really early on that, as yeah. I recall. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, Sunrise was a, a fantastic catalog. It's always cost money. They charge a few bucks for it, depending on the platform that you're on. Sunrise was a free alternative to that. That was an iOS app. Um, it was tightly integrated with Google services and some other stuff. Really good app. Um, I like Fantastical a little bit better and was already using it, so I never switched over. Uh, Microsoft just bought them for, uh, I think, an undisclosed amount of money. Or no, a fairly significant amount of money. Uh, Paul, Tapbot's Paul, the guy who makes Tweetbot, had tweeted, Hey, Microsoft, do you want to buy any Twitter clients? Because uh, it was a billion dollars or something for Sunrise. It was a ton of money. So presumably they're going to integrate that with Windows Phone and hopefully Windows Desktop as well. Cool. Um, it's a it's a lovely app. I'm, I love I'm Fantastic Hell. Once you use it, you can't go back to the Apple app. It, the, yes, that is exactly And right. I like Tweetbot. Mm-hmm. Tweetbot's great. I mean, maybe I'll get Fantastic Hell. You sh- if you use your calendar on your phone, Fantastic Hell is a absolute wonderful Is it going to integrate with... Is there Because I do a lot of stuff where like I type in a calendar event on my Mac... Yeah, look. and I want it to show up on my phone, so I just use the Apple stuff for that. Dinner with Wait, what is that? Is that is that, that calendar a, on the Mac? This is Fantastic Cal. Oh, so you, there's a Fantastic Cal. Yeah, you can OSX get it. app as well. Uh huh. Okay. Dinner with Gary tomorrow. Yeah. At seven p.m. Do you not use Google Calendar as a no, hub? I use the hub. Apple one, mm. which is not brilliant, but again, oh. if I put something in there, it shows up on my phone, and that's it's all synced I need with it via iCloud, though, right? What? It, it hooks Through into the iCloud, cloud yeah. on your, the phone. Whatever calendars you have access to on your device, that's what it works with. All right. I will download that and I'll check it out. Um, yeah. uh, unfortunately, it's not universal. The iPad app costs extra. I don't care. I barely yeah. use my iPad anymore. And the iPhone app. But the Mac and the iPhone, you have to buy separately. And the Mac version was a little bit expensive, but you won't care. You have, you have you know, it's like a half a yeah, sale. Yeah, a second. Oh, yeah, I can afford it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Insufferable. Um... With iOS 7, I guess, Apple added smartphone kill switches to iPhones so that if somebody steals your phone and you have Find My Phone turned on, they won't be able to reactivate it and use it for another account. Uh, that has shown significant decreases in phone theft. Yeah, I'm so glad they added cities. that. Yes. Uh, up to, I think, 40% in San Francisco, 25% in New York. Yeah. It was like real steps moving. Which, why, the, why the disparity there? Is it because people, even thieves here are tied into tech and they know better? Uh, maybe. I don't think it defaulted on at first, that feature. It just gets around, you know. But why New York and San Fran? Why, why is there any difference? I, I that, you know what I'm saying? Say? Quality of thefts This is the kind of information maybe. I imagine like passes through the criminal size? underworld quite quickly. Like right. iPhones aren't worth stealing anymore. Well, yeah. that, that was a, there was a story in Wired last month about the this black market and gray market for phones, including the the, uh, the operations where they would get people to buy phones uh, on contract and then never, and then send the phones over to China and sell them. Um, what happens to the contracts? They don't pay them. Oh, they just they use yeah. fake social security mm-hmm. numbers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Wow, uh, and boxes of phones, and then rebranded and, and uh, or relabeled. But it, it gets around. Yeah, of course it does. The only now they, now they need to take it to the next level where your phone can actually become like a grenade. Oh, I love it. It already has the bomb. I mean, there's a giant uh, lithium polymer battery in there. Right. So yeah. next, you know, three years down the line, Tim can go on stage. Not only does your phone get three days of non-stop use battery life, four times the capacity of that year, the blast radius is also yeah. twice as strong. Yeah, you should be able to just like discharge the, the entire battery in like two seconds and blow up the phone <laughs> and take someone's hand with it. I um, So I left my, my shoulder bag in a cab when we were in Vegas at CES, which was a thank God I kept the receipt for the cab and didn't just take the picture of it and throw oh. it out. Oh, so, so I was able to call able to them. I got the cab number and they brought it back like an hour oh, later. Brilliant. It was the easiest 60 bucks that cab driver ever made. 
Um, what did you give him a sixty dollars? I gave him reward? sixty bucks. Well, I had to pay him to come back and make the run back. Oh, I was like, right, dude. You here? Take all the cash I take have. All of the money. You're you're my friend. Um, but I realized that I had no way. All my stuff locks, and there was no way for people to find me. Um, if like if they opened up my laptop, they'd just see a login screen. Uh, so I took advantage of the options on the Mac, and, and well, you can send a message to the phone, right? I could have sent. I the phone wasn't in the bag. No, but from somewhere else, you could log into your Find My iPhone and 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 send a message to the to the lock screen of your phone saying, "No, no, I had Please call this number." I whatever. had my phone, right? So everything else was not connected because uh. it wouldn't have connected automatically to the Wi-Fi, right? So there would have been no way to get a network message to any of that stuff, right? And I was I was like, so I put my phone number on the lock screen of your Mac. You can do that. It's that's in the login thing. options. Everybody, everybody should do that. Other yeah. moral is that we are also a generation that's more tied to our phones than anything else we own. We're more likely to forget a bag in the car than the phone because the phone's already in our hand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Very true. John Stewart's leaving The Daily Show. He announced that last night. I think that's a big deal. We've it made me feel quite show. old when I saw in the story that he's been doing it for 17 years. Yes. Yeah, 20 years. He started in the Clinton Clinton presidency. Yeah, they showed the Hollywood Reporter put up his first episode and he, wow. he looks like a very young man. Was that MTV? Barely had any gray no, hair at all. still Comedy Central. Oh, really? Yeah, it was, it's always been. It's always it's Viacom though, so it doesn't matter. It's six to one. Um, it's before. Yeah, I guess he was doing that, and he did movies. Death to Smoochie. He was in a bunch mm-hmm. of movies. Big Daddy. Yeah, <laughs> The Faculty. Wow, I forgot about The Faculty. Um, has he said anything about what he's doing next? No, probably directing movies. Brian Williams. No way. NBC Nightly News. Nope. Is an opening. Nope. They'd never do it. Would you Would you watch the NBC Nightly News if John Stewart the, hosted it? They would never do it. I would. No, they won't do it. You think that? No, it's ridiculous. Um, Hyperloop Ventures is going to build a test track for Elon Musk's Hyperloop that, with the goal of moving cargo between Los Angeles and Las Vegas, uh, moving shipping containers. Uh, we, we talked about the Hyperloop. Do you know what the Hyperloop is, Gary? Yeah. Jeremy, you know, we've talked about yeah. it before. Yeah. The train? I think that's cool. I'm excited about I that. I really wish they would hurry up and build a proper high-speed rail network in this country. Oh, they, I, w- they will. It's going to be done in about 30 years. Oh, great. Yeah. So it's just in time for me to be dead. If yeah. you're lucky, you'll make it 30 years. I, um, Your friends I, from LA can take I, it to I was your funeral. In, when I was in the UK, <laughs> I got on a high-speed train from London to Glasgow, which is roughly, I would say, probably a little bit more the distance between San Francisco and LA. And it was four hours, and it was a, you know, it was a pleasant service. You, know, you sit at a table, they bring you food, and you get to watch the countryside go by. And I'm like, why can't I do San Francisco to LA like this? Was it, um, was it one of those maglev miles. trains? Like, was no, it wasn't maglev. It was just a regular yeah. train. They only have maglev like, in It wasn't, you know, it's not quite Japanese bullet mm. train, but it was fast. I mean, four hours from, yeah. from, England, from London to Scotland is pretty fast. The inventor of the maglev train just died. Really? Again, the Japanese guy invented not only that, but he also invented probably one of the greatest inventions in the world. It's also in the New York MoMA, the Kikoman soy sauce bottle. Really? With the, the like the spout and everything, the, the way red, that pours the red out? Spout, the red spout that never clogs up. Oh, the screw-on one. Yes. Interesting. Didn't know that. It's the same guy? Same guy. That's amazing. How does that happen? Japanese most illustrious industrial designer. Amazing. Hey, did you know that you can take a shuttle bus service between San Francisco, San Jose, Los Angeles, North Hollywood... Fifteen dollars. That seems terrible. You should just what, like, sub- a, what, what, like a Greyhound bus kind of thing. Subscribe to NetJet, scary. You have all that book money. Yeah. Subscribe to what? NetJet. What's NetJet? NetJet is oh, a like the private jet timeshare for for jets. Yeah. <laughs> private jets. <laughs> I've sold that many books. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> wow. Okay, so this bus, LA to SF. Oh my God, this seems terrible. 
It's going to be like 16 I can't hours. imagine anything more depressing than a, like a Greyhound bus type it's not, experience. It's the, it's the California shuttle. Daily service between LA and San Francisco. And that's a bus. For $15? What is that? Like? I'm, t- I'm looking up the price right now. Getting is right. that even worth it for the bus company? I mean, there's 60 but the thing seats. is, that's, that's still the, the point is, it does not take in any time off the journey. It's still going to be like an eight-hour journey. It's taking money off the journey. You can go on the midnight bus, so you go to sleep on the bus and wake up and you're there. Oh yeah, that's what I want to do: is sleep <laughs> on a bus. <laughs> <laughs> I've never I done do one like of those. The idea of sleep. I've always wanted to go on a sleeper train. I would. I've always I've wanted. Always to do wanted that. to do that. I've done that. Have really? you? Yeah, like? went to Portland. Oh, from here? Oh, you're mm-hmm. the start. The 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 star line. That's right. The coastal star line. Because I want, I'm researching it. I want so to do it. what do you do? You get on the train in the evening. Yeah, 20 and get, bucks. And you get there it's in the morning? In it's Oakland. in Emeryville is yeah. our local station. Emeryville. It's not like Caltrain. Uh, if you want, you have regular seating, like like um, Bart-style seating. Right. Uh, there is a dining car yeah. that you can have reservations for. You yeah. can just sit down and have food. Huh. But if you pay, I think it's pretty expensive. I think like $1,000 a person or uh, $2,000 a room. But you can get a room. You like a class, private compartment. Private compartment with your own bathroom. Right. Uh, and what, like bunk beds? It is uh, three, be- three beds usually, right? Up to, there's a family room which has like four beds. We, four had, five we beds. had the family room. Um, it was cozy. But huh? We didn't have our own shower. It's like that though. train on the I Hunger Games. I forgot about that. That was an option. You can get it. You your can own get shower. your own shower, no. which is like so. The, how long is the journey? I want to say maybe twelve hours. Right. So enough time for you to go there and like get settled and sleep and wake up in the morning. Yeah, and you get but, to ride a train. Did you find that the the motion of the train was conducive to sleeping? Because that to me is like the idea of like being on a train. Like lulling me to sleep. Yeah, she's going to like just felt like very sleep. So, really, sleep inducing. So there whenever people- I see those sleep train commercials on television, yeah. I get sleepy. <laughs> You'd <laughs> love it. <laughs> That's wonderful. I don't think everybody's wired that way. Um, the great thing about the train journey, Jesus like people don't Christ. usually do that as. Uh, their primary way of transportation. If you're going to go to Portland, it's more of a the recreational transportation uh, for the experience. I don't. I mean, People, there are kids that ride from college and stuff. I'm sure. Yes, and it is more cost effective than a plane. Um, but a trip from San Francisco to to Portland, it, that's the same line as the col- called the Coastal Star Line. It's one of the last full service trains in Amtrak. Right. And it goes from LA to Portland for over two days. Uh, if you do the one from San Francisco to like Chicago, that's supposed to be a really good line because um, it'll go through like Yellowstone. And how long is that journey? I think that's th- three days. The one I want to do is the Empire Builder. That so goes you're from basically Chicago on a moving hotel for that. And people of time. step on when you go when they stop at certain stops. Right. Like ter- people, uh, interesting people come on and do announcements about what you're sightseeing. That's fantastic. I so still want to do that. They do the it big just PA sounds like system. such a great adventure. Yeah. Um, the the train I want to do is the Empire Builder that goes from Seattle to Chicago, and I and you, I want to do it in the winter when you're going to drive through when you're going to go through a bunch of snow and see elk and stuff like that because it's all off of the roads. You're, I love you're it. Not, it's you're expensive. Not, um, it's but like two. It's not that expensive if you get if you have multiple people. Like per person, it's way more expensive than flying for a sleeper car. Yeah, but you can get a sleeper car if you're going to pack four four people. It's in also there. seasonal. Yeah, I don't remember it being much cheaper than flying. Yeah, I can't. I can't imagine. Yeah, but right, I, I I find riding by train much more pleasurable than flying. I do too, although it's not nearly as fast. I can no, like but it. I'd rather spend four hours on a train and enjoy the experience than spend ninety minutes on a plane and have it be a, a bit of a pain. You can dress up. There could be a murder. Yeah, it could be a murder. You never know. <laughs> oh man, that's that'd be awesome. That's, that's a risk you take with both the train and the Greyhound. You could find yourself like avoiding bounty hunters. Like all kinds of shit can happen on a train. <laughs> last last train out of San Francisco. Yeah, I, I also trained from Chicago to New Orleans once, and that was fun. They had a nice uh, dining car. The food's not ter- terribly bad on Amtrak. No, I rode a train from uh, 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 
Vancouver to Whistler one time, which was about four hours, I think. Mm-hmm. And they had super, like, it was pretty nice food. And Caesars, which I had never had before. I just a Bloody Mary with When gin. I flew back from London, we flew back upper class on Virgin, and they do afternoon tea. Oh. They brought you, they like a, you know, they bring you, like, the thing with the little, yeah. did you, the little did you, tears. Did you, when they asked you what and you had, like, sandwiches around, little, little kind of triangle wow. finger sandwiches here. And there was, like, scones here. And then little cakes. Everyone got one of those? And a cup of tea. No. Everyone in first class. Did you, everyone in first class got one of those yes. trays? Yes. Oh, they wow. hang it from something? Because you have your own little pod with a table. Jeez. And they set it all out. Which afternoon? Whose afternoon? <laughs> what do you the mean? The Queen's afternoon or... San Francisco. Well, by the time you when you when you fly out there, it's basically a night journey because you because you're flying into the next day, so you're constantly flying overnight. When you fly back, you're chasing the sun, so it's always daytime. Um, and so by the time you get into the, they serve it an hour and a half before you land, which is around one or two o'clock in the afternoon. So perfect time for a for a nice cup of tea and a scone. Have you ever eaten at Lovejoy's? Yes. Yeah, they have a decent cup of tea. Yeah. Speaking of. It's time for us to take a uh, quick break uh, and thank our sponsors. Afternoon tea. Smart. I like this bit. Norman Chan. Hey, Will. Uh, I love reading books. I know you do. A lot reading books. I don't particularly uh, have time to spend at night reading books, so I just started listening to books. Really? Yeah. Of uh, course, I think a lot of our podcast listeners know about Audible. They are the sponsor of this week's podcast. Oh, thanks, Audible. And uh, it's you know service run by Amazon. You get a subscription, and every month you get like a token to redeem a book. Now, I didn't know that 150,000 audiobooks. 150,000? That is a lot of audiobooks. Yep. Uh, what's the last audiobook you've tried? Uh, probably The Martian. When we were talking about The Martian earlier this year, I listened to the bits and pieces of the audiobook. It's lovelyly acted by just one person, though. Yep. And some of the books actually read by the authors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, like, for example, Lena Dunham's books read by her. Um, Not that kind of girl. And uh, sometimes they get guest celebrity readers to, to read. You mean like when Brian Cranston narrated You, you Have to Fucking Eat? That sounds about right. Sounds like a great yep. book. Um, one of my favorite things about Audible is if you have the Kindle version of the book too, a lot of times whips, Whisper Sync will work. So you could be reading on the Kindle and then get in the car to go to work and pick up right where you left off with the Kindle, which seems like magic to me. Um, so if you want to try out Audible, you can go to audiblepodcast.com slash tested. Uh, find something for yourself. Get a free trial with a free book uh, and let them know that you support Still Untitled uh, and uh, and you know enjoy yourself reading a good book. This is only, this is only a test. Oh, yeah, this is only a test. Thanks All for supporting. Podcast. This is only a test. I'll just, yeah, tested podcast in general. Uh, and I guess now it's time to go uh, back to the show. I'm actually going to do that uh, Audible thing and get a free book. Sorry, I didn't know you were going to play a music cue there. You play the music cue back in. When been, do I, I see, I'm, a bit, I'm a bit rusty. When do I see Abomination on Audible? You know, that's actually been the, most, the, the, the most common question that I've been asked. Yes. Again, I've learned a lot about the book publishing world in the past couple of weeks. I didn't know fuck all about it. If, like, you, if you're I looking know, for somebody to read. Read what? The book. <laughs> I, I get lots of props on my story reading every night. You already, you already have a copy of it. By, by no, your no, daughter, no, I, mean, right? I mean, do the oh, audio actually reading. do the reading? Yeah, you know. Who gives you the props? Your I, wife or your daughter? I want the to, daughter. Okay. She loves them. You and I need to, uh, like, Berenstein bear off. We can, we can have a read-off. I'm pretty good, too. This sounds I, like a contest for uh, your other podcast, a bunch of, of dads. More of a Paddington family where we are not <laughs> wow. Berenstein bears. But Dad okay. read-off. So I'm just saying, if you need somebody, I'm available. Yeah, give me a call. I'll have competitive rates. All right. Don't forget Wait this by well. your phone. 
I it's right here. <laughs> Read, no, make make the readers, make the viewers suggest a passage, and on your next episode, yeah, you could do an audition of, exactly on your next passage, episode of send bunch it of ads, and we'll pick a we'll pick a go. narrator. That should be a Kickstarter reward. Like we've reached a certain level. Narrate or, the book? If you, if you spend <laughs> enough like money, punishment. you can narrate the no, audio no, or, book, or which is great. It's a don't goal. have to pay someone. They pay me. Make, make a, it a goal. Like If you can reach this level, then we'll yeah. get this person to read it. Oh, that I would see be a good stretch goal. Yeah. Yeah. Just imagine how pe- excited people would be if you said Will Smith is going to narrate your, the audio book of Abomination. I, know, I, I already know who I want to do it. Can you disclose that? I'm going to right keep here. it a secret. Okay. Wow, we're promoting both your book and but your sponsor. It's going to So it was weird because I I got a lot of questions from people saying uh, the two most popular questions I got: Will there be an ebook? Because a lot of people want to read ebooks. That's that was obvious. Yeah. Yeah, that's pr- fairly obvious. Um, and also, will there be an audio book? And when I spoke to other authors when I was researching how to publish this book. Uh, they all said, make sure you do an audiobook because that's really popular. Yeah. But I've since discovered that, in fact, only accounts for 1% of the overall book market. It's actually a fairly tiny. It's very small. But I think it might be larger in, in genre fiction, like mm-hmm. sci-fi and fantasy. There may be, that may be a higher percentage for some reason. I don't know. Like Veronica, I only, pretty much only reads audiobooks. And I think that's how she's able to read so many. It's because it's the easiest well, way to consume the book. She does multiple at the same book. time. I, I, like, she'll be reading one well, she book has, like, and listening sa- to three or three four, soundtracks yeah. playing at the same time. She's one in the left ear and one in the like right Like data, just like consuming books. <laughs> like a, I can't tell you how many audiobooks I went through when I was building the game frames. It, oh, that's, I'm sure. That's what I did. I'm kind of snooty. It just doesn't seem like reading a book to me to have a book read to you. I, oh, but it's the tradition. It's an oral tradition of storytelling. I, mean, I suppose. It goes, goes back. I, I like, I really, fun, like fundamentally, I like the the like I used to listen to audiobooks when I was drive, commuting back and forth to work uh, and then podcasts became a thing and I kind of dropped it for a while but I've been listening more since uh, since um uh, we did the Martian yeah. stuff and I mean a, a well read audiobook is a delightful thing um so I'm gonna get the audible free book thing there's a book called uh, the last notch written by R A Sal because I know this because I was on a, another podcast yesterday they mentioned this um it's about for, Minecraft uh, well I, I I made the same joke. Great so mind. you can't give me shit about great, it. No, great it's minds perfect. think alike, clearly. Um, and, it's re- and, and it's read by Felicia Day. Oh, cool. Yeah, I didn't know. That's something else that she does. So it's going to happen? What, audiobook? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. If you want internet celebrities to read your book, I'm offering to do it. Can you right do any, Well, I hesitate to ask this question, but can you do an English accent? Of course. Go on, then. I'm not going <laughs> to do it for free. <laughs> what? Well, I, I need to know that you can well, do it before I'm going to pay you. Organized you you've, you've got to audition. I'm not doing it live on. It's not. This well, is if, you, if you can't perform under these, right. like, how do I? You're not going to perform at all. Not I'm choosing not. If to If you perform. can't do it I'm now, give, you don't give the no. milk away. Sorry, for free. you failed. I remember doing you had, the, you had, the you Max had, PC podcast, and you wouldn't do a Wookie. I can. I did a Wookie on the Max PC. It podcast. took some prodding. You wouldn't do it first. Bad Wookie. There's a reason you don't do a Wookie. Adam does a surprisingly good Wookie. I got to figure out what the technique is. He gets the whole yeah, like the whole chest roar and everything. Um, what have we? What, what have you guys been testing? Norm, you spent some time with Sling TV. Last yeah, week. Uh, so Sling I. is available for everyone. We actually did a review. It's on the. It's on YouTube and the site. Uh, but it's the a la carte, or what they say, the closest we can get to a la carte uh, live TV subscription. It's $20. over the top. Over the top, uh, $20 a month uh, through your existing internet connection, cellular or Wi-Fi, uh, but uh, a selection of about 16 channels. Wait right a minute. Now. So they used to make a box that would sling your TV out over the Yeah, internet, and right? Dish bought that company. I think that block still exists. Sling you can still Media buy the box, yeah. makes that. And the promise of that was that you pay for subscription, you pay for cable or you pay for a satellite, uh, but you can't watch it on your phone because back then, Comcast didn't have their shit together. They still don't. But... You can then become your own 
broad, broadcast yeah. a provider of t- television by tying um, a, basically an H.264 recorder decoder. I've had one. It worked well. And you can watch it on your phone. But now, because Dish owns them and Dish has everything digitized, they can just distribute that. I see. Well, and they have relationships with the networks, which is yes. the big deal. The interesting thing about it is you can get networks that typically you can't get without signing up for a Comcast package or a cable TV package like ESPN and TBS and stuff like that. Um, the unfortunate thing is it's a little bare. Like if you're used to an enhanced TV viewing experience with a PVR or, or the ability to pause and rewind and watch stuff whenever you want instead of when it actually airs, it's a little thin. Um, on the man sex selection is limited. Time shifting features are limited. Uh, it's quality is dependent on the channel. Some some mm-hmm. SD, some HD. Um, we talk about it in de- at length, uh, but they're growing the number of channels, and they just got AMC, so that's a big deal for them. It's um, it's the other thing that's obvious is that it's missing uh, NBC Universal and CBS Viacom uh, channels. So that means MTV, Nickelodeon, uh, Comedy Central. Um, I think VH1 sci-fi sci-fi and then on the NBC well that NBC universal sci-fi right yeah that's why I'm yeah, it out. yeah and then lifetime Bravo e all that stuff is also missing so oh, I've got to have my Bravo <laughs> yeah I mean where are you gonna get your real housewives if on you're not on sling do they still do inside the actress no that one about the party planner yes. that's the one that I like oh I forget um, the name of the guy so well, he's like a celebrity, I like, the, I like, like a celebrity party planner I like the decorator fantastic. yeah the guy who read the house flipper Flipping okay. out. I, I what I want, and when we've talked about this, is a credit system. You maybe lock it in for you know your your contract is two years, and you get ten credits to distribute between the channels, and some channels are worth more than others, and they get a bigger share. So ESPN, if people just want ESPN and maybe two other cable channels, they can pay twenty bucks a month for that. Or if I don't want ESPN, maybe I get you know ten channels that I get to pick. I want that. That's that yeah, would I like be that. perfect for me. That'd be good. Um, Let's see. Uh, Jeremy, have you, what have you been testing? Anything exciting? Well, have you guys seen this? What are those? You don't know like the pregnancy test. Yeah. <laughs> you pee on it, and no. then it tells you if you you're a boy or a girl. This? It's a wrench. Thought, it's a socket like, wrench. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's the one from space, right? Yes. So this is the... Is that the 3D printed wrench that NASA emailed to the ISS? Ratcheting wrench that I was see? sent to the Ooh. space station. Did you print that yourself? Yeah. So did NASA make the, the file available they so did. that anyone could print a it? A few days later, after they had tens of thousands of requests, I'm sure... And I printed that at a hundred or a, you know what is it one mil, point one millimeters, hundred microns, oh, yeah. hundred microns. That's what it is. So what what did NASA? Huh. What did the, so people, print the astronauts print it at? It's totally print in place. It took a wrench to to loosen it. It was pretty tough to get on. You know, so it was starting to. Work oh, you had to put it in like a lock socket to. Yeah. What are the physics of 3D cool, printing though. in space? Uh, Three well, inch pounds? Well, I would think it would be easier, right? Because once you get it adhered, it's sort of there, but then you could do insane overhangs, right? Because there's no gravity pulling down. It's true. So as long as you print slow enough, I would think it would actually be easier. And that's assuming that they're, they're doing you know, extrusion printing like this. Which they are. They are. Did it's, they do this as a publicity stunt, or did they actually need this up on it's the space the station? It's the first thing that they've ever sent after for a request but on did the they, space station. Okay, so they said, can you send us one of these? They well, so, so they sent the, the printer like we, up like we have a thing that they we need to open printer. and we don't have the tool. The, no, no, no. the astronaut said, boy, I wish I had a, a, a ratcheting, um, what is it called? Wrench? Uh, socket wrench. Socket wrench. And I guess the people who made the printer 
heard that and they got to work and they designed that and set it up. I think we talked about this before, but the, the beauty of this, of course, you don't have the Apollo 13 thing anymore where they say, like, this is what they have up there. We have to figure out a way to make this work. Well, you yeah. just send up some parts that they might need. Right. You, you can make. I mean, within reason, obviously. <laughs> I mean, I, I think the stuff that they're going to be making with this more than anything is stuff like cable hooks and clamps like, and stuff like guys, that. Guys, right? the astronauts are going to die if they don't get some <laughs> shitty chess pieces in 12 hours. <laughs> in 12 hours, right? Oh, no, they got to start putting now. Engage time lapse. <laughs> They're going to be pretty small. Um, hours. The, uh, That's really cool. I uh, the, like So they set the printer up to see how it works, basically, is what it seemed like. Yeah. And like a lot of stuff NASA does, I think there's a little bit of a publicity element to putting a 3D printer on the they space They could station. use it at this point, right? I don't, yeah. I, it doesn't bother me. <laughs> we, all, we all want space exploration to continue. Yep. Um, uh, what else? I also went to the Rift Tracks event at ooh, the Castro. At the, as part of uh, what Fest. movie did they do? They did shorts. Oh, okay. And you said you're not the biggest fan. I'm not of a tracks. huge fan of it. No. I think if you if this if this if I were to suggest you go see one show, this would have been it. it okay. Was hilarious. Well, that, the one that would have turned me around on it. Yeah, you know? this might have been the one. Did it, they okay. sit on the stage or are they sitting yeah, like the front they, row? No, they stand on the stage. Okay. They had guest people come up to do each short. Adam Savage was supposed to be there, but then he did he it last to, year. He wasn't. He had to cancel. Well, you know, uh, that guy but John is. Hodgman was there, and mm. he was hilarious. He's a he's a PC. <laughs> yeah. It's all prescripted. Yeah, I know. Yeah, they watched those movies many times, but it, it was really a good time. I mean, even the guests they get a they get a script. I think. Yeah. For the, no, the cues. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have I've been testing that uh, giant LG monitor, the thirty four inch. Uh, 21 by 9 Cinemascope display. They don't call it that, but that's what it is. Uh, it's 2.35 to 1 aspect ratio, so it's like 34, 40 pixels by 14, 40 pixels. So it's very wide. It's like it's like that wide and about that tall. Right. Um, and that's actually the ratio that the majority of Hollywood movies are shot in. Um, is that right? Yeah. No, that I, wider? Think, I think most are 1.85 to 1 probably. No, that's not right. Okay, going through the collection of movies that I own on you have DVD You have and a TV that's 1.85 to 1, right? Yes. Put a Blu ray in, you're going to see black bars at the top and the bottom. It's about 50 50 in my experience. It's very rare. The only one off the top of my head that I can think of that takes up the full frame is Avatar, because that was shot 185. Right. But the majority of them are shot 235 or 240. I'm going to trust I, I mean, the Hollywood I, guy on this one. I generally trust Gary, but I went through 100 DVDs trying to find stuff that would fill the screen. Well, and like, sometimes they'll re- they do re- yeah. readjust it for DVD. Um, uh, the Wachowskis seem to like CinemaScope 2.35 to 1 um, a lot, because all of their stuff seemed like it was shot in that. Uh, stuff like Dark Knight, stuff that was shot for IMAX, um, uh, uh, Hunger Games... Uh, doesn't work particularly well on that, but we have a, we'll have a video on that I think next week probably. Um, it's it's really nice. It's a nice monitor. It's really expensive. It's thirteen hundred bucks, which is I think probably. So if you're looking at uh, a movie one eighty five yes. and on this TV, what do you get? Black bars on the left and right. Well, so when you're watching a one eighty five, you get black bars on the left and the right. It fills the vertical space with the picture, right? And puts assuming the assuming the movie was encoded the right way. If you're watching like a non anamorphic DVD rip where that had the black bars burned into the picture. Remember in the early days I'm of gonna, DVD? You know what? Maybe maybe we'll be proven wrong down the road, but I'm going to I'm gonna go on the limb here and say that I think you've got this wrong and the majority of films are shot natively in 235. I, I, that's what that's I thought. Why, that's why you see, even with your quote-unquote widescreen TV at home, if you put in a Blu-ray, you're probably going to see black bars because it's not actually that and wide. And is that the aspect ratio of the monitor? Uh, yes, 21 to 9 yeah. is 2.35 to 1. The films are usually shot in 2.4, but everybody still calls it 2.35, right? Or 2.39 No, 2. Point, you can go to 2.4 is actually like super wide. You can go that wide. Right, right. But I mean, I, I guess what I'm saying is 
most people aren't actually shooting at 2.35. They actually shoot at something that's close but not the same, um, is what the website I read. I read that Spielberg did not shoot Jurassic Park in Cinemascope because he wanted to create a better sense of height. Vertical. So that's the big thing. um, That's the big thing that I noticed is that adjusting to the lack of vertical like I still have about the same vertical resolution I had before it's 200 lines less 160 lines less than the 2560 by 1600 monitor Um, the monitor is much shorter because the pixels are more dense and I do miss the vertical vertical height I ended up moving the monitor closer to me as a result Um, this is saying uh, that so this this web forum says that most stuff that's not action movies are shot in 1.85, like romantic comedies and stuff like that. And action movies are almost always cinemascope, except for the stuff that's shot in IMAX. Dark Knight was the real shit show because it's shot. There are bits well, that are it shot goes in back IMAX. And, forth, yeah. and then when you're in the narrow stuff, it's bars on the side and right. bars on the top. Yeah, bottom, it's a little bit jarring, which when, was when they which do was that. unfortunate. Um, Gary, what are you, you? You've been. Uh, I hear you have something of uh, Mario Kart. Have you finally played Mario Kart? Yeah, so it's weird in terms of Eight. what we've been testing. We're I, talking about, I, I assume. I kind of hate it when this happens, but like we finally discovered something that everyone else discovered a long time ago. Hey, Mario Kart's pretty good. Like, well, not just Mario Kart, because it is brilliant, but the true value proposition of the Wii in that Wii we started U. playing. So we bought Mario Kart ages ago in our household, but we just didn't get around to playing it because we have a kid and we're always tired. Yeah. But then we eventually busted it out a couple of weeks ago we're like let's finally play some Mario Kart and of course we get hooked on it particularly my, my wife who loves loves Mario Kart and has been playing it a lot and she wanted to play it one evening and I was watching my Batman Blu-rays because I'm working my way through the Batman TV box set and uh, I was like well I want to watch my Batman and Liz was like well I want to watch Mario Kart and then she said wait can't I just play Mario Kart like on the handheld oh yeah on the gamepad thing I was like oh yeah that's the whole point of the Wii U and so the rest of the evening was spent with me watching Batman on the big screen and my wife very happily on the couch playing Mario Kart on the little screen I was like oh finally with headphones like, on right what's that with her headphones on no she just had the she had the volume on but oh, like nice. not particularly loud yeah. um, and it was like oh I, I get it now like this totally works and again this is something that people that like the Wii U figured out a long time ago and it is actually a really great idea. I played all of Captain Toad that way. Yeah. Because hmm. the screen is big enough and the quality of the graphics it's a proper console not you know a handheld it doesn't really feel like playing a hand you're playing rather than feel like you're playing like a, a handheld game on a big controller you feel like you're playing it, it a feels, proper console game just on a fairly small screen. It feels like a Super Vita. Yeah. Like it feels like the Vita but but bigger and better yeah. maybe. it's great i loved it really really good and yes we've been loving mario kart we should play we should play we yeah. can hop online and have room to room yeah we'll do we'll do some four-player multiplayer i'm terrible i used to be pretty good at mario kart i'm terrible now apparently Gina and i anything gold. over 50 cc i just can't hack it we got gold and everything <laughs> we we 100 percent lee has been unlocking everything i went on i went onto the e-shop and i bought all the dlc oh so yeah is the new, are the new tracks out you gotta uh, do the that. second set nothing not yet no oh, not okay. yet there's two but i I did, I did the thing where you can buy both now you get a value yeah. if you yeah. buy both packs together even yeah. though one isn't out until may yeah um it comes with you get animal crossing characters Yep. Uh, you get all kinds of cool stuff. New tracks. Yeah, you get, there's a free the Mercedes that you can get. You can download a Mercedes <laughs> SLK for free. The new tracks are pretty good. They're they're Not clearly really. they looked at data from the way people use the old tracks in a very non Nintendo way. Because they're they're oh for how they feel for not, how they feel. not just how they look yeah they look they they you think they, so. they're pretty I must good. say Nintendo does a brilliant job with those tracks like the way that they go back and like reinvent classic tracks from previous mm-hmm. iterations of Mario Kart like all the way back to the Super Nintendo it's like oh my god like it's brilliant graphics 
And my God, what a, what a revelation it is to finally play Nintendo games that don't have shitty graphics, like proper HD graphics. Yeah. Yeah. Mario Kart looks incredible. And the tracks, the, the tracks are just incredible. I love them. The new Rainbow Ray Road is fantastic. Oh, I hate that them. airport I hate the new Rainbow Road. The, the, the airport the track the is incredible. That's the best one, yeah. Oh my god, it's my favorite. That shortcut at it, the end in the baggage claim where you jump thing, over the you have to over tie, the carousel. You have to you have so to just good. get lucky with it. But I did a thing where you did that final jump right as a massive airplane was taking off above me, and it was like. This is video gaming. This is just great. I loved it. I feel like you should be able to drive over the top of that airplane, though. You should be, yeah, you should be able to hit, you be able to hit the nose and, yeah, Fast and Furious, that shit. Yeah. Like what that a, giant eel that's in one of the levels. Yeah. You should be able to hit the top of the Here's plane. Or you should be able to smash through the front of the cockpit of the plane, drive down the center aisle, yeah. and then smash out of the back well, of the plane. Well, that should be how it leads into the, uh, the ski one. You should crash oh, the into ski the cockpit. And then it starts next they map, which is that. jumping off the plane for the ski. That's my picture of Fast and Furious 8. So they jump from the skyscrapers in the new one. The next one, Vin Diesel crashes through the cockpit of the plane, drives down Shoots the center aisle, guys. like grabs a little travel-sized whiskey. Well, no, you shouldn't really drink and drive, but like, you know, grabs <laughs> a, a travel-sized Diet Coke or whoever wants to sponsor the film. Yeah. And like has a drink, thank you, has a little one-liner, and then crashes out the back of the plane and lands on the runway as oh. it's taking off. That's your Super Bowl spot right Fast there. Fast and Curious. Well, you'd have to change the name of the film. They change the name of the film every time. Well, what it's is never, it now? It's Fast 7. Furious 7. Furious, Furious 7. It was Fast 6, Furious 7. Right. So that makes sense. So I don't know what they do after they this. They had Too Fast, Too Furious. They had Tokyo Drift. They had yeah. Be Fast and the Furious. Yeah. Fast 5. Fast 5. That was a good one. Yeah. Tank. I got my son, uh, my 8-year-old son, uh, Super Smash Brothers for his birthday. How do you oh, like yeah. that? Have you played that yet? It's no. great. It's I'm a- not a Smash Brothers guy. See, I'm not either. This you one, came to my house this, to play Smash Bros. This one Brothers has once. enough retro characters in it to hold my attention. You Mega can, Man. You can play Pac-Man, Mega yeah. Man, Sonic. You can even play Rob the Robot from the original oh, Nintendo. Wow. And Do you, you can play as your meat. Have you unlocked right? the d- Duck Hunt Dog yet? No. It takes a long time. I think you I can mean, play a I thousand mean, Don't get matches. me wrong. I love that. I love all the retro yeah. roster stuff. But, but the game has just always seemed like just kind of a chaotic free-for-all that I never exactly really understood. Yeah. It is a chaotic free-for-all. If you play with more than one other person, it's especially chaotic. But it's a, it's a ton of fun because every character has his own special moves. You can sort of figure them out. I, he and I play one game where we just learn the characters. And then, right. we, then we attack each other. Right. It's fun. It's good. Yeah. It's good. Any interest from the other parties in your house or not so much? Well, he had a slumber party. There was a lot of interest during that. Okay. But no, the other one's not so much. You know, if you have eight GameCube controllers, you can have eight people play that at the Done same that. time. That's insane. How, how did that go? It's chaos. too small. It's way chaos. They should have, Nintendo should have a piece of DLC where TV. you can download a character from like stadium events, but cost like $10,000 <laughs> to download it. Oh boy. <laughs> See who would do it. Was stadium I know events I, the thing with the pad? Stadium, stadium events is the game that I think I'm right in saying is the one that is the most expensive to buy like in the aftermarket. Oh, it's that. Even more expensive than Nintendo World Championships. Yeah. It is the one with the pad, yes. It's the one that had the floor mat. I think that's right. They did. They released um, Metroid Prime Trilogy on the eShop, which is one of those Wii games that they didn't make very many of. It was at a weird time in the cycle for the machine. So it's a really expensive game to buy, and they were selling it for $5 or something, which was, I, I thought, nice. I like that. It was good of um, I like the Wii U. Is the, the Wii U seems like it's finally kind of coming into its at, own a little bit. Which is pretty low. Like it was a disaster for a long time, but I mean, it's a real, I think the system needs to be doing better. I, it, mean, des- I mean, it deserves to be doing better than It's it the is. most played game console in my house. Well, yeah. you have, your kids are in the wheelhouse age. Is that because that, of the too? gamepad thing that you can just like take it and not have to take up the screen? Or That's probably because it has Mario. Because it's kid-friendly yeah. games. It has nothing to do with that gamepad. We don't have cable TV. We just use the TV for you know the occasional movie and, right. and video games. So what are you playing on it? Mostly Mario games. Yeah, well, right now, nothing but Super Smash. Smash Brothers, yeah. Yep. yeah. 
Yeah, I'm, we, I'm all about the Mario Kart. I love it. Yeah, it's fun. So too. much fun. It's fun. Um, it makes me angrier than any other video game I play. It makes me really Mario angry. <laughs> Norm and uh, Danica came over the other night and played, and I got really angry because I wasn't. I I, yeah. I know that I'm terrible at video games these days. I'm not very good it's anymore, true. but. I, I hold myself to a pretty high standard when it comes to Mario Kart, but I just had an off night and I and I just got really belligerent about it. I wasn't happy. I, I feel like the rubber banding in Mario Kart 8 and the way the AI works and the way the power-ups work is much, much more brutal than previous versions. And I frankly think it's time to get rid of the blue shell. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's time to get rid of it. No, this whole skill in the game is coasting in second Can, and you swooping just, in you at the last minute. That, can't you? You can, can you go no. into the settings? Ooh, oh, can, oh I wish you could. See, that's you I would do that in Smash. I would switch that shit off. Well, can't you turn off all power ups? No, just in, that's a Smash thing. Oh, you can turn off everything in Smash. It's awesome. Huh. Any any bullshit power ups you don't want, yeah. you can turn the blue off. Blue shell is just bullshit, man. Why punish someone for being the, the best? The worst one is the is that infinity thing now. Where you get one of everything? Oh no, that is good. I like that. And they all kind of you choose they which all one revolve one, around the you. one in front of you is one you yeah. activate. Because so, yeah. you can steal it from the people around you by swooping by. My them favorite one is the new is the new Venus flytrap that can that take, that can bite players and, and eat things that are trying to get you and stuff. Yeah, yeah. the horn can destroy the blue shell. Did yes. you know that? Right. Yes, yeah. but you got to have it. Yeah, and you got to hit it at just well, the right well, moment. So generally, they spawn you a horn if you're in first for a while. Is that right? Yeah, you usually get one, or not always, but often probabilities. Yeah, the um, the worst power up in Mario Kart is clearly the the infinity burst mushroom, because you only ever get that when you don't want to have to use a mushroom, hmm. like it's on windy parts of Rainbow Road where yep. there's no railing or something like that. That I game guess. is rage inducing in the best way. I have never been angrier than I have playing Mario Kart. <laughs> oh, like Gina yeah. tells me we'll be playing, and she's like, I think we need to probably not play Mario Kart now, because and I don't get angry. Like I'm not a I, I don't throw game pads. I don't punch things. I don't get upset. Mario Kart makes me really. I was this angry. close the other night to putting my foot through the screen and sending the bill to Nintendo. <laughs> you should try that. Let me know how it goes for you. <laughs> it's, it's all your no, fault. Gary, wait till wait till someone turns mirror mode on you. Oh. Mirror mode? What is that? They flip the tracks left and right. Oh, so all left turns become right turns. There used to be back in the old days that they don't do it anymore because it was too annoying. But there used to be an old power up like back in the days of like sixteen bit games. There was a game called Speedball that I used to play a lot. And then they made Speedball 2 Brutal Deluxe. And it was a popular series of like future sports games for a while. Mm-hmm. One of the power-ups that you could get, you get power-ups that would like buff you, but you could also get power-ups that would do annoying things to your opposing player. And one of the ones that you could do is reverse their joystick controls <laughs> for, a, for a short period. IDARB and it does was, that. It was so, so annoying. Have you, have you guys been playing IDARB? Yes, I love IDARB. Yeah. We tried to play it the other night, but we didn't have enough yeah. Xbox One controls. Oh, that's always we wanted the problem. to, though. There are pinball machines that do that. Hit special modes and yeah. it reverses, oh, the, reverses flipper the flippers. It's one of the most wonderful things, though, because it really wakes you up. The I true, the true ta- sh- proof of talent is the person who can just reverse their brain and yeah. and just go backwards. I, gotta say, so, I, I do love iDog. We should we should we haven't talked about it since it came out. But if you have an Xbox Live Gold subscription right now, you can go download iDarb for free, and it is it is. Really, really a lovely game. Uh, Gene and I have been playing it almost every night. It's fantastic. Just like two games, and then we put it up. Yeah. The thing that's awesome is we always play 2v2, so we go out in matchmaking and play two other people. I heard the online play is a bit laggy, though. Um, it's it's up and down. Like Usually it takes a couple times before we find a game that's really solid. Local 2x2 is the way to play that game, though, sure. Local 2x2 is great. It's the best. Um, you can, Norm, you need to bring over some Xbox One controllers. I have and two we'll, of them. We'll do, we'll I do have it properly. Four, I have two so. as well. All right, we'll, play. we'll all come yeah, over. Come, come we'll, bring them all over, and we'll do... Um, because you can go up to eight, right? You can you do two teams eight. of three. That's two what team, we'll do. Two teams of four would be eight. Right, but we don't have... We can do get, we have eight, we can people? Get eight people. Okay, let's do that. Let's let's organize an, an eight-player 
IDARB tournament. Um, the, the, their strategies emerging. Like some people are playing like zone, like soccer style defense where yeah. one person stays on defense and one person goes on offense. Some people are doing man coverage. Some people are doing like full push. It's amazing. There's, well, when I went really over, neat. when I, you know, full disclosure, obviously Mike, Mike, who created the game is, is, a, is a friend of ours. And yeah. when I went over and saw it, when it was in development, I remember saying to Mike, I think you could really be, I played it for about an hour and it was an early version, but I remember saying, I think you could be really, really onto something here. Like this could be a sensational hit because you can see it playing really well, just to like the kind of the party game casual crowd. Like you pick it up, it's really simple. Everyone understands it. There's only one button. Two buttons. Two buttons, sorry. Um, and you know, it's just chaos and it's fun. Three buttons, actually. And anyone, can, and anyone can pick it up and play it and just have fun with it. But you can also imagine it going all the way up to the esports level where like teams, are, you can get really, really good at that game. And be, and be competitive. There are, there are people are like, in order to be competitive now online, you have to communicate about passing and stuff like that. Like Gina and I did practice the other day to practice learning how to pass and how to shoot and all that stuff. It's it's really good. We should aim to be the Harlem Globetrotters of IDARB. <laughs> not it's hard. only a matter of time before just, like, just they have like, the tricks. IDARB World Finals at the Staples Center. Like Dota. I never lose a game. League of Legends. I would go watch that. Gary, you've been playing a lot of kids' board games. I have a kid board game to recommend. Do it's you? It's called My First Garden. It's a German thing. It's oh, not like it, I'm not going to no, no, like German board look, games. How many times? Look, it's for the German kids. It's for two year olds. You can okay. handle it. They're they're so the rules are simple. Fun for the kinders. You you <laughs> have four trees. Each tree has a different color fruit. There's red apples. No, you've pears, lost me. Right, what? How many? You've four, lost me four already. Trees. It's already too complicated. Four trees. Right. Four colors fruit. Okay. Okay. So each tree has one type of fruit on it, just like in right. nature. So, so there's like apples, a blue fruit tree, a red apples, fruit tree. plums. Uh, pears and then yellow apples because I think they only had the three kinds of fruit that it's the witch. So the, they, the, they couldn't get the rights to bananas. The blo- they bl- bananas, <laughs> <laughs> bananas wouldn't stand upright. So you put the fruit, you put four pieces of fruit on each tree. Okay. You give the kid a big fat non choking dice. One. Yes. Yes. It has on four sides, it has the colors. On one side, it has a raven. And on one side, it has a basket, which is a wild card. So when you throw the dice, the kid or you the die, the die, you have to pick up. The color that matches the dot on the fruit on the die. Okay. So if you get the yellow, then you have to pick up the yellow fruit. If you get the green, you have to pick up the green fruit, etc. Right. If you get the raven, the raven advances one step down the path. And if the raven gets into the orchard, everything's wiped out and you lose. So it's cooperative. Yes. So that's what I like about My Little Pony Rainbow Magic (laughs) is that it's cooperative. I can't wait for somebody to pull that out and make an end, end clip of that. That's what I like about My Little Pony Rainbow Magic. I, I say it proudly. I wouldn't have said it into the microphone if I was ashamed of it. What is My Little Pony Rainbow Magic? So we bought Gary? a game for my daughter. She's, she's two and, in, and a half? She's two and a half now, and she really likes My Little Pony. Wow. Um, she a brony? Well, no, you'd have to be a grown-up male to be that, and she's a she's actually the correct target market for My Little Pony, which that, is Do you watch My girls. Little Pony with her? Yeah, it's so good. Does that make you a brony? Well, no, if, you, if you're watching it because your daughter's watching you're it, then you're just, that's just being a and, dad. And are you a My Little Pony aficionado? <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I know more about My Little Pony now than I did. What's your favorite pony, Gary? Let me think about it. <laughs> I think I like rarity. <laughs> I think you're a brony, dude. No, if you're if you're I don't, no, I don't that's think just there's being nothing wrong with that. If you're if you're an adult male sitting at home on your own without any kids or anyone else around you just watching my little hey, pony because you're into don't, it. Don't then you're, use your daughter as an enabler. Then you're a brony. And I'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad no, thing, but I, that's I that's think a brony. If you're a dad and you like my little pony, I think you're technically still a brony. Yeah, you're a brony, dude. <laughs> it's okay, man. We we love you. It's okay. We're not judging. So, 
Anyway. Just, just embrace it. Let so your freak flag fly, So man. my daughter really likes My Little Pony. And, um, and you also like My Little Pony, it seems. She, she, loves, she can't get enough of it. So we got her this pony, this, this board game that's aimed at little, you know, it's like three and up. But okay. My daughter is very smart. She can do three and up. Um, <laughs> and so we got the game. Three and up basically means if they don't put it in their mouth and will die, then it's cool. Yeah, there aren't any like super small pieces. Um, and the rules, you can basically understand them, even if you're little. So you've got the board. You're in um, Ponyville, mm-hmm. which is a part of the greater land of Equestria. <laughs> How many Venn diagrams for this? Yeah, I don't understand already. <laughs> is this a summary from your book? <laughs> yes, that's right. No, so Equestria, it's, it's, did this start out as brony fiction? <laughs> yes, yeah, so brony way, fanfic. In the same way that Fifty Shades of Grey started out yeah. as Twilight fanfic, right. this book started out as um, as My Little Pony fanfic. <laughs> oh boy! And that's why it's an abomination. That's right. <laughs> Very good. So this is this is uh, so in Ponyville. This is really about Twilight Sparkle. What? Twilight Sparkle. Well, so there are you. You can play one of four ponies. Okay. You can be Twilight Sparkle, Applejack, Pinkie Pie. Oh no! You know what? Pinkie Pie is my favorite. Pinkie Pie. <laughs> totally a brony, dude. <laughs> or Rainbow Dash. Right. Yeah. Okay. Rainbow Dash is really that. That's what the one that most kids like. That's my daughter's favorite. Yeah. Rainbow Dash is super super popular. Um, that's Maru of ponies. I like I like Pinkie oh, I Pie. I like that's Maru. Um, so you're in Ponyville, and the idea is there's a storm coming. And there's a little circular board, and you each pick one pony. But again, you're not playing against each other. You're all cooperating. The idea is the storm is coming, and you're trying to build a rainbow that will guard against the storm before the storm comes. And so you, each person takes their turn, and they spin their little you know, arrow on the, on the, on the thing. Uh-huh. And you move around the board, and you can, if you land on a rainbow, then you get to erect, you get these little styrofoam rainbow pieces, and you literally, you kind of place them around the board and make like a rainbow. And each time you land on a rainbow piece, you get to put a rainbow piece Jeez, in. This is like something wicked this way comes. It's, well, it's basically like Candyland, right? Is there but, any skill involved? No. Oh. She's two and a half, dude. No, no, no. It's, these are abominations. I like Just like Candyland. Or oh, just like yeah. shoots and ladders. These kids, they play these games. I remember explaining to my two-year-old kids that there's no skill here. It's like the game is in the deck of cards. Whatever card we get, that's the game. It's like, but there's no, fate. but there's no, but there's, I mean, you've heard of games of chance, right? I mean, there are lots of games that don't require no skill, game. but they're still fun but to play. It's like unfolding a story that's the same preset. But it's, but it's fun for little kids. It, it might be, but there's other games that are more fun. You Who should, did you say your favorite one was? Pinkie Pie? Pinkie Pie. So you're building, you're trying to build this rainbow. I was excited so, to, but to, listen, now. if you land on. If you land on a rainbow piece, you get to put a rainbow piece. But if you land on a cloud, you've also got this other thing. Like you've got these, you've got a sun with all the different rays of the sun. And each time you land on a cloud, you have to turn over one of the pieces from a sunny piece into a cloudy piece. And the idea basically is to build the rainbow before you turn over all the cloud pieces. But here's the beauty of it. So the rainbow, you're building it on the board, right? With these kind of like styrofoam blocky rainbow pieces. If you win the game and build the complete rainbow, you get to lift up the board to a 90 degree angle and lift and the rainbow becomes freestanding. And it's like, you know, for a two-year-old kid, that's delightful. That's cool. It's like mouse But I can trap. see you coming in and knocking out and going, oh, it didn't take any skill, and making all the kids cry. So uh, my, my game is called My First Orchard, not My First Garden, and it has skill. Because yeah. when they throw the die, if they get the choose whichever color you want, mm-hmm. you have to pick the tree with the most fruit, or else you're almost certain. Well, no. Lose. When, okay, here's the thing: there is some skill because when you listen, 
when you listen when you spin the thing the bronies talking and it says like go two spaces or whatever you get just you have to decide if you you can go two spaces to the left or the right that's different so so there is you have to make tactical decisions all right do i want the rainbow piece or do i want to land on this square and and have this happen that matters Mm. right just like the squirrel just like the squirrel game yeah, much like much like the sneaky snackle snacky squirrel game that you enjoy yes. so much. What's the sneaky snacky squirrel? So the sneaky snacky squirrel game is very similar, but it, but is it's this, have, is but this it's for bronies too? But it's competitive rather than cooperative. That's right. Flutter Fluttershy fans. So down there. each of you is a squirrel. Okay. And you are and you want to get all the acorns. Okay. I like and each acorns. of you has a little tree stump with spots for like six different colored acorn pieces. So it's like trivial. And pursuit. as you spin the yeah, as you spin the 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 arrow. You wanna you wanna land on all the different color and collect all the acorns before the other. So that's just do. random then. No, but the no, but the arrows know, but are choose a color of the acorn or steal an acorn. Yes, you Ooh. can. Yes, you can steal others other people's acorns. I understand acorns. why Norm's into this game now. Do you steal from the kid? No. Okay. Who do you steal from? The, the kid doesn't play by the rules. Oh. I want to know how far if you were playing if you were playing a game <laughs> against my daughter, and it and a move you got to a position where you see the winning move and you can make it, but in doing it. You know you're going to make my daughter upset, but you're all about winning. That's, no. Are you willing in that under those circumstances you to not win? Be. You must be, or are, or are you going to win know. at any cost? Even if it means making a little child cry. At any cost, you must win. You must introduce. How well, do you not know Norm? You must introduce. Well, I, I want to hear Norm's I'll answer. Tell you the answer. I'm curious to know. The answer is I find a third person to lose oh. so that the child and I can win together. No, 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 no. You can't. You can't shield your child from. But wait, loss Jeremy, you're saying that you would win. Yeah. You have to. You would be callous and win. I remember meeting a. Parent, it's not being callous. And you're saying because the kid needs to learn about. It's loss. not being callous. It's absolutely a lesson that they have to have early on. I remember meeting parents when my kid was in preschool, and they said to us, to me and my wife, we haven't introduced failure yet to our child. And I felt like, what? When are they going to do that? How old were they, four? Yeah, no, they were four or five. That's insane. And uh, I introduced failure to my kid when she was three months old. You got, I mean, it's hard. It's I like, put her bubble in front of her. There's plenty of time in life to learn about failure. Trust me, I know. But it's a game. Plenty of time. But to, you can learn about failure in a game in a harmless way. It's totally harmless, and it's, it hurts the first few times. But when you see a five-year-old, like, put out their hand and say, good game, when they lost? Yeah, at five. That's awesome. Maybe five is okay. It's This isn't. Not a two and a half. This isn't. This isn't like playing <laughs> beer Jenga where you have to humiliate them on the victory. You just say, "Oh, okay, right. I win." Absolutely, absolutely. And then turn around, and go, Good "Yes, game. yeah, suck it, two-year-old." <laughs> oh, um, I think that's all I got for what we were uh, testing. But I do recommend uh, My Little Pony Rainbow Magic, and I'm hoping because I have an open invitation to go onto the uh, tabletop board game video show on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, Part of the reason why I haven't gone on is because the play, the games that they play. You don't are far like too, good games. Well, I don't like games where you spend all fucking night going through over the rules before you can even stay like, six hours before you can even start playing. That's fair. That's not fun to me. Are you going to bring kids on the show? Maybe. Or there? They must, right? That would be fun. If maybe, I, I'd be but, interested. But my Little Pony was is more my speed. I'd be interested to hear from anybody who, in the audience who's not a Brony and has played this game to find out if it actually is good. It is react. It is good. It sounds like there's some decision making that's important. Come over and play it. Another one is okay. uh, sequence for kids. I like sequins? that one. Sequence. Yeah, sequence. Sequence. Yeah, sequence. Ah, for that? Kids. It's good. It, it's like a board game where you have to get your chips in a row, I think four in a row in any direction, and you pick a card and it's an animal. There's two of every animal on the board, so you have to choose where you're going to place your Oh, so it's like reverse memory, thing. kind of. Uh, no, it's, it's like tic-tac-toe, but, okay. but there's only some options but it's where you can place, or like bingo. Yeah, it's okay. like where you can place your... your yeah, if you want to teach your kid about failure, teach him how to play tic-tac-toe. There you go. 
Right. Well, we're about stalemates. Right. No, you you <laughs> should all if you go first, you should always win in tic tac toe. No, you you should do that with your kid because you'll win, 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 and then you'll lose. Like accidentally. Wait, hold on a second. So yeah. you're saying that if you and I play tic tac toe, if you if you go start, first, you're going to beat me every, every single time. time. That's no. No, no, no. He's right. Remember war games. Okay, you're always going to go center square. Yeah. Always. Yeah. And, and it's always a tie. But with a two-year-old, you're going to win. With a two-year-old, you win every time. Yeah, but, not against, yeah. but not against me, you're not going to win. Uh, I, I, I take my chances. <laughs> oh, my God. Every time's a lot of times. When you do win a tic-tac-toe, that's why it means something. Yeah. Right, yeah. It means the other person really no, but fucked the, up no, bad. Yeah, that's the thing. The only way you win in tic-tac-toe is if someone else fucks up. Right. And makes yeah. a really stupid move. Yeah. <laughs> but what's great is when your kid beats you, and that will happen eventually, because you'll just be too confident. You'll well, my daughter is already better at jigsaw puzzles than I am. Yeah? Wow. I mean, we handicap it, but she can do a 12-piece jigsaw puzzle quicker than I can do a 24-piece, wow. which should not be the case. No, that Next step, Where's no. Waldo? Yeah. Waldo. That's never, a, never pops up top left corner. Dark hole. Really? He's never in the top left corner? Never in the top left I'm corner. I'm too old for Waldo, so we didn't have Waldo when I was a kid. Um, do you want to talk about joysticks, or have you yelled at enough stuff? I would like to rant a little bit about joysticks. Please do. So um, let me get you a little um, music here. So you know, Elite Dangerous is out now. Fantastic! Wait, are, are, there's going to be a musical backdrop I'm to this. Give you a backing track for the rant. I feel like this should be more like death metal or something. Okay, okay, I'll go, I'll go find something. You keep talking. Give me a minute. Okay, so as you know, I love Elite. I grew up playing it in the 1980s. Oh, I was like very, very something? excited that they made a new version of what, it. What platform? On in the 80s, yeah. Commodore 64. Okay. Not, not you know. I'd like to say BBC Micro, which would have been like truly the old school that was the native format but i played it on the uh on the commodore 64 and i loved it to death um i actually ended up i was in a in a documentary on uh british television last year about the 25 most influential games of all time and elite was one of them Hmm. and i was the guy that did a little talking head thing talking about it because it's one of my favorite games ever and it was hugely hugely influential i mean sold more than a million copies which doesn't sound like a lot now but in the 1980s that's 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 like selling 10 million copies today it was hugely hugely influential more than that um and uh, so David Braben, the guy that created the original, brought it back as a Kickstarter, again, uh, hit the target and started building the game. And now it's this great game that they released. And it's everything that, as a kid, I always imagined that you wanted Elite to be like online, you know, massive universe of beautiful graphics and even, st- even stuff that I couldn't even um, uh, anticipate at the time, like virtual reality. So I've got the DK2 at home. I've got my PC and um, I'm ready to play Elite Dangerous. And Norm was the one who said to me, if you want to play it properly, you uh, you got to get the, what's it called? The hot ass. Hot ass. The hot- Wait, and what does that stand for? It's hands-on hands throttle and stick. Right. So the old school, you know, you've got a joystick and you've got a throttle. Now, back in the day of PC gaming, when I was the editor of PC Gamer, when flight simulations were still a fairly big genre. So like the 80s? No, even, even in the 90s. It was still a big genre. The chains and yep. Chains, combat simulations. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, F-16 Falcon. Yep. You know, the old Microprose games. What is this? It's your backing track. Keep I don't ranting. like it. Well, you don't get to choose. Well, just I gave turn you it off one. then. No. I'll turn it it's down. It's terrible. What is this? <laughs> it's so- Joey gave me access to the stock music, the royalty-free music Let's thing. turn on Gary's mi- microphone. It'll be fine. Do you not have some, oh. like, German uh, death metal? No, I don't turn have on his headphone. Death metal. Anyway. Just keep talking. Yes, back in the old Look, days it has PC Gamer. Noises. Back in the like old it. days of PC in, Gamer. Okay, back in the old days of PC Gamer, when flight simulations were very popular, there was a whole range of, like, you know, we used to review them in the magazine, you know, the latest throttle or stick or even pedals. Yeah, the Thrustmaster. Right? Yeah, Thrustmaster and Cytec products had this whole business. And then flight simulations basically kind of died out. 
And also, let's not forget, you know, Microsoft Flight Simulator, there were people that got really, really into it. And they built these cockpits and they really played it very seriously. Um, I used to, I mean, even just like the old combat simulations that I used to like, like F-16 Falcon and Apache Longbow and stuff like that. F- you know, F-17. Yeah, the best way to, F- F-17 Stealth Fighter. Um, the best way to play was with a joystick and a throttle if you had one. And then flight simulations kind of died out and that flight stick market kind of died out with it, but not completely died out, just like became very, very niche. But now that Elite's out, I, so I haven't had a flight stick for many, many years. I used to have one because I'm left-handed. It's hard for me to find a flight stick. Yeah, you can't break out the side I used to have one that was... Mold- I used to actually... Ha- I used to have to either find one that was ambidextrous, yeah. which wasn't molded to fit the hand, or wrap my hand around the right-handed stick, which felt all weird and wrong. Then you're not Or find a left-handed stick, stick yeah. which I finally did, and I had that stick for many years, and then I threw it away years ago because... Well, it probably wasn't USB, right? Yeah, it would have been like a... Joystick port. Yeah, joystick port. They made one that was molded for left-handers. Yes. Thrustmaster made And I treasured it because it's so rare to find that. Yeah. Um, So, cut so many years later, Elite Dangerous comes out, and the best way to play that, I'm told is with a joystick and a throttle, which makes sense, right? Especially wearing the DK2, because yeah. you can't see that was, Of course, that was the other thing that joysticks were great for, were things like Wing Commander, right? And X-Wing, yeah. like That's space combat joystick. simulators. Yeah. And, and all of that kind of went away. Free space. And the one we recommended, the Sidejack X52 Pro, is the one that the developers of Elite Dangerous actually modeled. So this is what I switch with the button and the lid? So you said to me, make sure you get a flight stick and a throttle if you're going to play if you want to play it properly. And I got in touch with... The people that make Elite Dangerous, because some of them are friends of mine, and I said, if, if I'm going to get one, what am I going to get? And they said, get the SciTech, what X, is it, the X52, X52 Pro. Pro, because that's what we. In fact, that's actually what the, the stick in the game, when you look, when you look at the in-game flight stick, is actually modeled and the throw is modeled on that. So that's like the one to get if you're going to play Elite Dangerous. There are many others you can get, but that's the one they recommended. Wow, it's two hundred so, bucks. So I got it, and it comes in a big box. It came today. It comes in a big box. And I, stupidly me, I kind of just got it without even really, like, thinking. I just got what they said to get. Shows up. And, of course, I should have seen this coming. It's all molded for the for, for a right... So left-hand throttle mm. and right-hand stick. Like in the game. I can't fly that way. Why not? I fly lefty. I need a joystick in the left hand and the throttle in the right. Do you think that there's a left-handed F-16 out there? Well, I mean, what happened... What do you do if you're an F-16 pilot and you're left-handed? You it's better fucking learn to fly right-handed. It's no. A- F-16's on the right. You don't oh, think they make lefty F-16s? No, they don't make lefty F-16s. I'm thinking not. But if I'm Maverick, if I'm the next Maverick, yeah, you're, and I'm the you're hottest hotshot fighter pilot in the business. Grounded. But I'm left-handed. What are they going to say? Fuck off? No, Go they're yes. going to make me a left-handed cockpit so I can be the best. I'm looking at F-16 versions right now. There's no left-handed F-16 oh, version. That is bullshit. So also, a lot of people right now, you can actually buy uh, the rudders. Uh, the rudder pedals. The rudder they're another pedals. $150. Bucks. Incredible. So um, people that are really serious also yeah. get the pedals. And they're custom-made rudder pedals. What do you use those for? Uh, they use... So, yaw? Yeah, yaw, exactly. And it was a big revelation in PC gaming when Flight 6 started coming out that you could actually twist the joystick. Yeah. Because uh, real Flight 6, if you fly an F-16, if you fly any real airplane, you cannot twist the stick to turn the plane. Here's the thing. For the yaw, you use your foot pedals. Don't get me don't get me wrong. This setup looks amazing. The joystick's amazing. It's got fucking lights and switches and shit on it and the the throttle's got a screen, an LCD screen. I get really s- high end so stuff. much pleasure just flipping the toggle switch to put landing gear. Oh, Cuz it yeah. feels like oh my goodness, I'm putting down landing yeah, gear. Yeah, it's got like the little I'm, flips over the over the switch, isn't it? it the feels light like changes and Yeah, here, brilliant. So that is great. So but here's my question. So it's all, it's all molded to to go Joystick in the right, sorry, throttle in the left hand and joystick in the right hand. I cannot, I, I can, I cannot do that 
any more than I can hit a golf ball right-handed. I have to have left-handed golf clubs. So this annoys me. And by the way, left-handed golfers get a raw deal as well. You can't find left. You have to have They're made. probably really expensive too, They're right? really expensive and you usually have to have them made. You can't find them in the store. There's like a left-handed ghetto in the back of like golf world where you go. You, you people are only what, like 10% of the population? Right, so we're about 10% of the population, but about 50% of the geniuses in the world. So suck on that for a moment. <laughs> here's the thing. Are you, there's a point. Would it be... So I, So here's the thing. Fuck you, SciTech. <laughs> you asked for it, now you're going to get it. I did a tweet today <laughs> saying, hey, SciTech, and I was very civil. Hey, um, SciTech. Why Would you is like it, me to I read the tweet for you? Why is it I can't get... Okay, fine, go on. <laughs> this is a dramatic reading. <laughs> hey, you fucktard you gonna dramatic? Why don't you dramatically... I can dramatically... Oh, yeah, this no. could be my trial. This could be your trial for doing the audiobook. Let's see um, how it goes. Hey, SciTech Sim, what's it going to take to get a lefty version of this? Wait. <laughs> I'm tired of being gaming's Ned Flanders. Jesus Christ, Gary. That's mean. No, I, that, that's it's right. It's true. He had the Leporium. Ned, Ned Flanders is left-handed. I know. And got tired of getting a right, so he opened his own left-handed shop. Didn't that shop. end up going bad for him? He didn't even run out of... Oh, and then the town came together to bring him yeah, back. Yeah, it's, like, it's, like, it's a wonderful life. Hey, um, here we go. What? SciTech responded and said, unfortunately, the market isn't quite big enough, but perhaps a large social media diddly outcry. And they misspelled diddly. So they came back at me... With a Ned Flanders, throwing my Ned Flanders reference back I don't think at me. I would call it and basically goading me to go on a rant. I, I think that they were saying, hey, take this to the president, put it on whitehouse.gov with a petition, and if you get 10,000 signatures, President Obama will have to. Uh, they the 10%. 25? Oh. <laughs> yeah, the 10% of left handed people will not be treated this way anymore. I think they probably will. <laughs> this. I think it's a niche of a niche. This is like why I can't get a gaming keyboard that's split. Well, here's the, the trick is, how do you I, train no, your brain? Here's what I would ask. You don't have to make a separate left-handed, although, again, I did have that left-handed stick back in the day, and I loved it. I, was, I guarded it like the one ring. Like, no one else. Like, right up until the point that well, you threw it out. The great thing about it is no one else wants it, because <laughs> right, they're not because it's garbage. Um, so here's the thing. I, I used to use ambidextrous, or I would be attracted towards ambidextrous sticks. Like, it's nice when it's modded to your hand, but an ambidextrous one's fine, and I can use it. So instead of making it so that it's exclusively for right-handed people, why not just design it so that both left and righties can use it? Why deliberately piss off all the left-handed people? Why is the X52 Pro $70 more than the X52? What does it give you? I don't know what the Pro difference is. The Pro is the black color, sleeker oh. one. Well, that's I what I got. I got the Pro. Or something, yeah. And I guess... I'll give you 10 bucks for it. I'm right-handed. I, I can well, I, I'm gonna tr I guess I'm going to try to learn to fly righty, because that's yeah. all I can do. You're going to look down... It very wrong to me. When you put the headset on, you're going to look down, and you're going to see your right hand on the stick, yep. and your sense of presence well, can be all that should be up. a toggle in the game as well. They should just flip that for lefties. Look, lots we of, can't, lots they of can't games redesign all those spacecraft. They'd have to flip the whole universe. No, they wouldn't. They just flip the graphics in the cockpit. Um, do you know how easy it is to flip an image? I can do that in iPhoto in two seconds. What do you guys do with the cables? How do you store those when you're not using them? That's I, the reason I don't have a stick. The joystick lives on my desk. The joystick lives on my desk. It has occupied. It takes its footprint. I've resigned to keyboard, mouse pad, joystick. Are there a shitload of cables back and forth between, or is it just like one cable from the from the throttle of the joystick? Point, and then to the, yep. Do you yeah, use these for anything other than Elite? Or nope. Do you, Okay. I mean, I think my, my, my PC little gaming station, I think for the time being, is just going to become an elite 
cockpit. Yeah. I don't, I don't, it is fucking badass. Do is, you is, having, is having the, is having the joystick and the throttle that much better than just playing with the keyboard yes. mouse or whatever? Oh, it feels so immersive. Yes. Hitting that, easing the throttle up. Does that force feedback? No. Okay. But Braben says he plays with the gamepad more than anything else. Well, I spoke to David about it today Sorry. and he said that, he, so here's the thing. David Braben is left-handed. What? Yes. Remember what I said about geniuses? David Braben is left-handed. Let's not, let's not get ahead and of ourselves. I'm not talking about David. I'm talking and about And he you. said to me, yeah. I feel your pain. I'm left-handed as well. Maybe Do you have a track IR yet? Who has a track IR here? No. no. I don't. I want to try that. Um, do you play in the Rift when you play a league? Yeah, yeah. That's I the don't. only way to play. I, I, he doesn't do it I anymore. Can't because I can't because I can't actually play. He trades immersion for actual uh, what? He's like, been maxing economy. Being able to play better. Being able to actually Wait, what go is it that you get? What is it well, that you can't do? So the, one of the brilliant things about Elite, because you're in the cockpit the entire game, right. is a lot of the... like It is a playing Star-Lord, the, the simulator. Brilliant. Like You are a space pirate. You are going on bounties. You are collecting resources. I'm you're, sold. You're upgrading ships. But because you can't actually walk around your ship, but you can actually... Do all the things you can as if it was a real ship. Turn on the lights, turn off life support. People have gone on missions where, because you have a limited, you have the energy balance, you buy a bigger power supply. They've gone on missions where their ship's been damaged to the point where the cockpit of the ship gets blown off. And so they're on life support and they got to fly to the nearest station to repair their ship. So they balance their life support because you have oxygen levels. Right. Turn off all their lights, turn off all their weapons, turn off all the other essential systems. Dump their cargo just so they could survive. And how do you manage all that? Ship. Can you 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 can manage That's all that the through thing. the joystick and the? No, you have to manage through an on-screen holographic menu. Right. And the on-screen holographic menu, uh, if you tr- if you play VR, if you turn to the left, a hologram pops up on the left side that has a menu of options. Right. And you look to the right. And how do you navigate the menu? You look. Oh, okay. and you use joystick. Joystick has like a hat switch. Okay. Um, to do uh, the D-pad basically. Okay. Two, two sets of um of. But typically, buttons. when you play a flight simulator, you're used to just having. I remember the old day of, days of keyboard overlays. Right? Remember That's when you used right. to get the, the cardboard yeah. Yeah. thing, the stencil yeah. that would go over the keyboard? Do you have the one for the AT keyboard or the 104 key keyboard? I had them all at some <laughs> no, point. <I> but usually <laughs> you, you, when you play a game that has any degree of control like that or complexity, you would rely on having quick access to those keys. In the Rift, you obviously don't have that because you and can't see your keyboard. they've designed it so you don't need access to all those keys. All you need to do is have a good sense of where the keys are. So then are. why is it a problem for you? Well, because the Rift is not high resolution enough that I can read the text. Ah, on the but it will videos. be, right? The new one will be. It's I unclear. still don't know. So you can't read the text? I cannot read the text what well you, for missions. When you're at a space station and you're trading commodities and stuff, you, you can't, can't read that, that stuff? In, in no, no, no I, you can. Maybe it's because you're wearing glasses. I can read it. I can. I could read it with the contacts f- on. super fuzzy. I find like, it's really not a problem. There's detail like l- world I mean, lore and that could stuff. Could you, if if you had it running on the monitor as well, when you land at a space station, isn't it kind of just take your helmet off and then do your business on your main screen and then put your goggles back on when you go off in a plane again? I guess you could. I guess that's one way of doing it. So I trade Does that it, type it, of virtual immersion for playability. I play it for the immersion. I play it because it's a VR showpiece. Uh, that's the only reason. Yeah, I, I that's. I that mean, game. that to me is the, is is you know the appeal. The game looks so good. I can't play. Wait to play this on the final version of the Rift. Yeah, because I think it's that's yeah. going to be the way to play it. Yeah, I've got to get. I've got to get a stick. That's where I'm at. Now. I'm uh, over the next couple of days as I try to find some free time. That's my going to be my little home project. Is I'm going to set up this joystick and throttle. Yep. I'm going to try to do it right handed. C- contested. Take, like, take by the way, am I going to have any trouble getting Elite working in the Rift? Is it problematic the way That's that... Some I think you flip the switch, yeah. Okay. It's, it's in the menu system. Yeah. Okay. Can Tested take on the project of 3D printing a, a new mold for his joystick? Ooh. 
I mean, that is a thing that we could theoretically it, do. Yes, it wouldn't just be the mold of the. I grip. mean, we it's might be able to come placement. up with an arrangement. No, that that's the thing. It's like it wouldn't work because, like, if you think about the throttle. Yeah. It's yeah. it's molded in such a way that all the buttons are on the right hand side because that's where you. Well, you just three D scan it and flip it. And then rewire. No, I'm just yeah. gonna have to re. I'm just gonna have to rewire myself and. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll adapt. Your dad. But what life if finds doing, a way. But what Gary? if doing things right handed results in a lowering of my intelligence? You, you probably have room to spare. <laughs> it's too late for that. Yeah, because I, I I don't have much to spare. That's, that's true. <laughs> you'll sympathize with your daughter because she does this every day, right? She's yeah. constantly. Yeah, trying yeah, she's to figure My daughter is looking like she might be left handed. <gasps> wow. You can discourage that, you know. Just every time she starts using, reaching for something with her left hand, just swat just it. Just tie her left hand behind her back like they used to do in the, Victorian times. Uh, yeah, there's a movie yeah. about that. <laughs> really? The King's speech. It's one of the reasons. I thought he was stuttered. It's one of the one of the reasons because oh. they tried to force him left hand to right hand. Wow. Einstein, left handed. Yeah. Sir Isaac Newton. A lot of psychopaths too. You know who it was right handed? Hitler. Well, you know. Evolve came out yesterday. Uh, I played some Evolve last night a little bit, a couple rounds. Oh, I need to get a copy of that. I heard it's good. It's good. I heard that too. I'm playing on PC. Is it more fun to play as the monster or as the we, team of people? It's more fun to play with a group of people you know. That's the takeaway. Well, I, I had a good uh, one good matchmaking group, and then the rest of the people I played with were kind I of I have to jerks. get a copy of it. Are you playing regularly? Uh, well, I mean, that came out yesterday. I what are you playing I'm on? I'm one out of are one. Are you planning PC. to play regularly? I, if, if people are playing, I will play regularly, right. yeah. Um, I think Joey played last night, too. He said it was fun. He had a good time. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's more... It's more... Like your the amount of fun you have is very dependent on how skillful the other people are and whether they're douchebags. Like you, it has the Dota effect where if you play in matchmaking and you're not playing the right way, people are going to yell at you, which no one wants. Um, so I seems like the kind of thing you want to play with friends. Yeah. Um, but what I played, I liked. It seemed like it ran a lot better than the beta did mm. on my machine. I can't wait to play it. I only downloaded it. Um, you, you, if you preloaded, you might have to do the restore scan all files thing. I couldn't get it to load. Then no, once no, I did no, that, I, I downloaded working. it after it came out. Okay, Gary, Elite. Yeah, one of the one of the challenging things about Elite is that when you spawn in that world, because it's tech, it's kind of like an MMO. It's one shared world. You can play solo, but you can also play online. Right. You could spawn your home world before you like where you upgrade before you actually get to branch out. Could be in a completely different corner of the galaxy or universe as me or, or Jeremy. Oh, is that right? Wow! So you can't choose where you start. You get you get dropped so, in. So I may never see you. Well, you, you is it all one server? Do I have to do I have to tell you what server I'm on? Like no, in no, Warcraft no. or whatever. It's, there's no server selection or anything. Okay. Uh, but you have to tell me where you are, and then I have to basically buy the maps to find a way a path and have the like right how ship. It, like how big is the world? Like if we're if 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 you and I are like as far away as we can be, how long would it take for one of us to reach the other? If I have a map, it's you can maybe like thirty jumps. 10, uh, 10 to 30 jumps. So what's between? that, like 100 million light years? Is it a galaxy or a universe? It's a universe. So you can go between galaxies? Yes. Wow. It's massive. Even in the 1980s, that was the thing that was amazing about Elite, was it, it was, was this massive right? universe. Are you with sure about that? Countless planets. I thought it was just our galaxy. That was just the Oh, maybe way. it's just our galaxy, but all the systems in our yeah, galaxy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And where, which all system you are. Yeah, I mean, the ga- just one galaxy is pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, it's still 100,000 light years. Yeah, I haven't been back to Seoul yet. I haven't been to Seoul. That's like the pilgrimage. Everyone says, go go to Seoul, but I haven't been. That's what you always That's what I did in I'm stuck in my my corner of the galaxy. So your starting position in the game is randomized? It's like they group it. Okay. So do they not have like more difficult areas? Like every you... every section has like a balance of you know resource mining areas. So I know my section really well. I know everything within you know six light year or six is it six light years away? Yeah, six light years around. 
as you play, how often do you encounter other other live players? All the time. Yeah. Is it is it something you can pause? Or do you have to like log out? You can log out anytime and pop back in anytime. And pop back in at the same place. And is exactly. it all is it okay. all PvP? Can you be attacked by any other player at any time? Yes, but they try to discourage that because if you attack anyone that doesn't have a bounty on them, then a you bunch have a of bounty vipers, on you. Vipers show up. Yeah. Or it bounties used, will be on it you. It used to be in the old elite, which obviously was just single player. If you attacked someone yeah. illegally, the cops would show up. There are cops roaming around everywhere. Right. Yeah, hmm. space cops, space cops, and you know which jurisdiction you're in. It's so I can do really something bad and have a bounty put on my head, and yeah. other players can come and collect yeah. that bounty by yeah. killing. Do them. yep, brilliant. Do you have to start out by doing a bunch this is, of mining isn't this and like, shit like seriously, that? Seriously, nope. thirty years ago, isn't this like the kind of thing that we I wanted, wanted games to be? Like yeah. when Descent Free, when Free uh, Freelancer came out, I played it for a year because it was basically like this. Although like very I, tr- static. I bought up my third ship, and I'm yeah. at a place where Three I ships. Yep, but I they're I, they're stored at different space stations. I can retrieve them whenever. But I'm in a place where uh, my ship, my current ship, is a limited range ship. It can't go you know ten light years away. Oh, I can't but wait. It's heavy to fly. firepower, so I'm sticking around some resource mining areas because pirates go there, and so I'm just taking bounties. This from pirates. is literally the game I've always dreamed of, and we haven't even started on Star Citizen yet. Have you played? I think yet, I don't. Have you played Elite at all? Dangerous. The new one, yeah, for like very, very briefly when it was in beta, but not, right. not with a stick, not just know uh, with th- virtual reality. They didn't, they didn't make it any friendlier. Like when you start up the game, there's not going to be a tutorial. There's, I guess, there's a small tutorial. Well, my, set of lessons. my understanding is between now and you know, especially because eventually I imagine it will come to consoles as well. Is they're going to have they they rec- I think they recognize that they're going to have to do that. Right. It has to be more of a because it is very much a simulator that you had dropped in. Right, very little. So there's no. Like Call of Duty no. idiot mode at the beginning. Right. No, it's it's a hardcore the entire time. You can follow the rules of the world. Like you can be an idiot and not be Star Lord, and you know get shot I'm excited, down. Man. And, I'm so excited to play it. So, so uh, the actual flight model stuff. My understanding was it was a simpler flight model than, there's than a, Star Citizen. There's a mode, right? That you can turn on. What is it? Auto assist. So that I'll it, be turning that on probably it, <laughs> to start with. So that it, it creates a sense of friction in space and it will slow you down if you start. Oh, oh so you have like so you can like wing yeah. fly basically. Right, but if you turn that off, it's real physics. And and are the controls? Yeah, we're we're running really late. Um, do you have to balance the power and stuff like that manually? You can balance power. That's what one of the hats are for. So okay. when you're flying, you have system, engine, and weapons. And when you're in a fight, you can distribute. You know, one's for engines, one for shield regeneration, and one's for weapons regeneration. Hmm. But everything can be upgraded. Interesting. And people are being, you know, you start off, you're like, oh, Sidewinder, you know, 10,000 credits. Uh, people are earning millions and millions of credits every day. I mean, they're... Huh. It, it, are they adjusting the economy to make everything work, continue yes. to work? Okay. Um, let's take a couple questions. Emails? Well, but we do the other one. Emails. Yeah, we don't do emails. We do emails. No, 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 no. Questions. Boom. If you have questions for This Is Only Test, the email address is podcast at tested.com. Uh, our first question comes to us today. Where is my thing? There it is. Okay. From uh, Rowan. It says... Hey guys, uh, Rowan from New Zealand here. I'm interested in your take on the future of headphones. Has anything stood out to you at trade shows? Do you think that wireless headphones will ever become more popular than wired? I love my Bowers and Wilkins C5s, but they've recently started cutting out again and the warranty has expired. I'm not sure if I should save for another pair of C5s or look elsewhere. Any suggestions? I think on the C5s you can replace the wires, can't you? Usually my understanding is that that's going to be what's going to cause your cutouts. Yes, you can replace them. Um, And I would also, even if they are out of warranty, I might send Bauer and Wilkins and see if they'll replace them because they're generally pretty good about warranty repair stuff. Um, What uh, do you guys think wired headphones, wireless headphones are going to take off? I would assume so, eventually. 
It makes sense. I mean, I, I imagine once you get to the point, theoretically, that wired wireless is as good as wired, why not? When you just put in a bud in your ear and there's no wires or no big battery pack dangling outside? Yeah. Um, maybe. I and there's know. no you know degradation in sound quality or anything, and batteries uh, last. I don't think people care about degradation in sound quality. I don't want to have to charge stuff every more stuff every night. I, like I'm already capped out on what I want to charge. I think. I mean, it is nice not to feel tethered. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of think that the smartwatches may drive more of that stuff because if you have the earpiece in that lets you lets the computer back talk back to you in a private way instead of bellowing out from your wrist, mm. I think that that's maybe an argument for the return of a Bluetooth headset equivalent. Just like her. Yeah, uh, just like her. Scarlet. Um, Richard writes in and says, I recently realized I hadn't gone skating since high school or possibly even junior high. Then I realized that the same could be said of snowboarding and bowling too. Each year around midterm, schools in my area would have event days where everybody would go to the rink, bowling alley, ski slopes, movie theater, etc. I got to wondering what sort of events your schools did when you were growing up. Um, I sort of assume that not everybody knows how to skate or ski. There probably is an abundance of rinks or ski slopes. So what sort of events did your schools do? Jeremy Williams, let's start with you. You're in Chicago. Did you have event days where you like skeeved off and went and did something fun and it was on the clock for school? I did, I did not go. I lived in Chicago later in life. Oh. I grew up over in the East Coast. And uh, yeah, my, my school actually, instead of doing, I went to a prep school. So instead of doing gym, you could be on the, you could do skiing. Wow. Which was like the greatest thing ever. They introduced it my senior year. Where did you go skiing in Northern Virginia? Whitetail. In West Virginia? No, I went to high school in Pennsylvania. Oh, oh, oh. So you were, okay. So that was the greatest thing ever. Huh. Uh, so, yeah, as I went to a ski resort for, for school. Gary Witta? Uh I mean, uh, vaguely. I mean, I've tried to block out most of my school years. <laughs> Did you do anything fun at school ever? No, I hated school. Couldn't wait to get, a, couldn't wait to get out. This might explain the My Little Pony thing, too. How does it explain that? You know, you're just looking for affection and and uh, a carefree environment. Yeah, I mean... Where I, no one I, judges I, you. you Friendship is magic. If I yeah. could live in, in Equestria... I would. Yeah. That, you're definitely a brony, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Norman Chan? Uh, lots of cool trips to uh, museums. You know, they they didn't take you to the bowling alley? No. We, Schools don't do that. We went to the bowling alley for gym class a few times. We, like, we would go bowling or to play tennis or something like that. Um, and we had ski trips, but I, don't, I think those were like clubs, not official yeah. school organizations. <sighs> That's so. more typical. Yeah. Anyway... Uh, that'll do it for us this week. Nor, uh, Gary Widow, uh, inkshares.com. Yes. Fi- search for Abomination. Yeah, it should be right there on the front page. Or fi- follow you on Twitter at, at Gary Widow. Yeah. Jeremy Williams at Jareware. And gamefraud.me. Yeah. That, that takes you to the forum. There's no use going to it. So you can't buy them. The, you can get more stuff to put on your game frame on the forums. <laughs> That's true. That's yeah. true. Join the notification list if you want to buy one, though. I suppose you can go to the store and add one to your cart. Interesting. Or foreshadowing. <laughs> like the, like Possibly. The, you're like the most aloof entrepreneur. Ever. Like, <laughs> yeah, you can't buy them. You can't really buy them. Uh, <laughs> sign up. I suppose you can sign up. Jeremy Williams, stuffforhipsters.com. You will make it, maybe. Norm Chan, what's going on with you? Uh, Snapchat. Snap Snack. Snap Snack. Instagrub. Snap Snack. I, well, you, look, you make your app, I'll make mine, and may the best man win. Wow. Both URLs already taken. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. You got to go to insta.gr.ub or something. I, I don't know. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of Still. Uh, this is only a test. This is what happens when you record two podcasts in one day. Today's outro is from Jetlag2 because I forgot to grab one. Here we go. Hi there. I didn't see you. Test it. 
rectangular. It stands up on its own, with, but you have to fidget with it. Gary Widow. Hello. Will you tell your Felicia Day story, please? Now, three hours later. This has been a long one, hasn't it? Yeah, you yeah. promised you were going to do it. How's my parking? You have eight minutes, I think. Twelve, tw- ten minutes. All right, I'll make it quick. <laughs> <laughs> only, be- only because you asked. Okay, so... Do you want me to play some music behind it? You can if you want. I mean, it's kind of fun when you play the music. Play that music you play when you play the ads. I kind of like it. It's I, that's the ad music. I can't oh, I didn't, we didn't talk at all about Jeff Bridges' sleeping tapes. We can, you'll have to come back next week. I'll come back next week and talk about Jeff Bridges' sleeping tapes. Do you have them yet? I bought them. I, I downloaded them. They're I've, fantastic. I have not listened. I paid the $10 because they said pay... Did you? Wouldn't, well, A, because it goes to a kid's charity. Right. Um, and B, they said if you pay at least, you know, pay what you want, but if you pay at least ten dollars, you also get a bonus EP. And I wanted the bonus EP. Ooh. Oh, I didn't pay enough to get the bonus EP. Yeah, and the bonus EP is the one that has got the freaky shit on it. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> what? It gets better. Well, it kind of gets more surreal if you can believe that. Hmm. Wow. Um, but I love Je- I love the Jeff Bridges sleeping tapes. Have you finished I, it? I listen to them every night. Yes. Wow. Have I, you stayed I, I awake? Well, well, here's the thing. My 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 guess, my assumption is that it's not. They're not really meant to help you sleep. I they, are they are meant to enhance the experience of being wasted. Yeah. Like if you want to get stoned, <laughs> if you want to get as high as a kite and listen to these tapes. Yeah, it's these, true too. Th- this th- this is like the official soundtrack of being. Being Jeff Hi. Bridges. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I um I like. I the mean humming. that that one Temescal Canyon when he takes you on a on a hiking trip up to the top of yeah. Temescal Canyon and then you hang glide off the top you heard that one right no that might be on the EP the uh, the humming is my favorite sometimes my favorite I just like one. to hum he yeah. says did you did you see that did you hear the one where he's like talking to the children on in uh, in the playground about clowns no Jeez, no that sounds terrifying <laughs> I gotta get I gotta I gotta pay my I gotta pony up and get the EP um, you gotta get the EP Oh. That's it's it's good. So Felicia Day story. It's like an extra forty minutes of content of Jeff Bridges. Wow! Like why wouldn't you want that? You've yeah. got you've got three uh, three minutes left on the sound on this track. So no, it was just really interesting. I said I've learned a lot about publishing and about like how social media kind of works, like actually in business. You know, I just use it like to talk about cakes and things, but it's nice to somehow see. Just like I did, a, like I experimented this week where I did a. Uh, a boosted post on Facebook where I spent 50 bucks to boost a post uh-huh. just to see what would did you happen. Sell 50 bucks worth of books? Um, I don't think so. Uh, and I did a promoted tweet as well just to, just to see what would happen. Like, it's Which, not a lot of money. Oh, to, did you promote that SciTech tweet? The what? You should promote that SciTech tweet. I'm going to. Yeah. I'm going to spend a full, I'm going to, every penny that I earn on Abomination, <laughs> I'm going to put into promoting <laughs> tweets about left handed joysticks and I'm going to make it happen. Or maybe I'll just start my own left-handed Liftorium joystick company. That's the way to go. All right. You can do a Kickstarter for a left-handed joystick. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. (laughs) So. This is terrible. In the process of launching the book and promoting it and trying to get the, and trying to, you know, drive people to the site and get them to buy the book, you know, obviously tweeted about it and put it on Facebook and leveraged whatever little following I can. Um, But also, you know, friends of mine, some of whom have very many, many more followers than I do uh-huh. also you know were kind enough to you know retweet and help out and it was very nice yeah. yeah so that was good and so it was but it was interesting to watch the effect because the way that the website and I think it's probably similar to Kickstarter is obviously you're getting live real-time feedback on like who's on the site 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not getting that, but the guys at the publisher, like who are really seeing the back end of the site, can tell you any given time exactly how many people are on the site, yeah. what page they're on, what they're looking at. You know, they know exactly what's going on. I just see when someone buys a book, but they're really able to monitor like very close activity of what's going on. Um, and so about and so people had been tweeting and the book had been selling and you know we were getting closer to the funding goal. And at some point, like late in the afternoon on the Monday when we first started selling it. Um, I got a call from my uh, publisher saying, what just happened? Hmm. And I was like, what? What's happening? So they said, well, there were like 25 people on your page like a minute ago. And now there's 50. Wait, hold on. Now it's a shit. Hold on. Wait, it's a, there's 150 people like it just exploded. And suddenly everyone was buying books. And it just there was this massive spike in traffic to the site and people buying books. And they said, are you doing something right now to like promote this? And I said, no, I don't know what's going on. And I looked at my Twitter feed. And Felicia Day had retweeted something of mine. Um, and she has two and a half million followers. And I imagine that she has quite a loyal following as well. Like if she says, hey, you should check out this book, mm-hmm. a lot of those people are going to check out the book. So it was just a really interesting little microscope into like real time of people that have massive Twitter followings, how they can move the needle. It was going quite well. We would have hit the goal anyway. But someone who comes along with, with 2.5 million very loyal, interested followers and says, hey, you should check this out. And you, in, like, in, in real time, you saw the traffic on the site just explode. Yeah. And it was just fascinating to see that. It was really interesting. That's my story. I mean, it's oh, not You that just wanted to tell us that Felicia Day retweeted you. I mean, I don't need to tell you that. I mean, you can kind of just, you, if you're on Twitter, you would have seen it. But it was just a, a retweet. She didn't actually. Add. No, she quoted it. Oh. She quoted a tweet of mine and put on a little a little thing at the beginning of it. So it wasn't just nice. an art. It wasn't nice. just hitting the retweet button. Yeah. She yeah. took a tweet that I had. She had quite. She put it in quotes and wrote a little thing. Mm. And it was massive. It was crazy to see that. That's, That's cool. cool. Yeah. So I, I really want to get two and a half million Twitter followers now, but I don't know how to do it. <laughs> you know, you, those promoted tweets, that's a good way to start. Yeah, uh, extend my reach. Right. I got like 50 additional Twitter followers last time I was on this show. When you t- said, hey, I'm Jerware? I was about to cross the 700 follower threshold. Wow. I got like 750 by the end of the week. Nice. That's good. I'm Will Smith on Twitter. I don't, yeah. ever t- I don't ever tell anybody on the show, so no one knows. There you go. The YouTubers. I'm two powers. I'm a... Yeah, I guess two powers of ten away from uh, your number of followers. So I'm pretty happy with that. That's good. Yeah. I can't do that math in my head. but Orders of magnitude. Oh, okay. I guess. Um, I guess that's it then. Well, I'm going to kill the audio and we'll call it a show. See you next week. Not Bye much guys. in the way of fake outtakes this week. Well, I th- I, we were expecting a lot from your story and it just didn't deliver. Yeah, right? it didn't really, like, didn't really go anywhere, did yeah, it? I think you, I, asked, I mean, you asked for it. I, I mean, I'm just glad that everybody knows you're a brony at this point. Really? What was it? Uh, PewDiePie is your favorite My Little Pony? PewDiePie? No. PewDiePie is a YouTube personality. Oh, right, right, right. You are so not on fleek right now. What, what's, what's You're your not favorite? even vaguely. What's whatever your... the opposite of fleek is, that's what you are at the moment. Fetch, I think, is the opposite of what fleek. What is the opposite of fleek? What's the, an- what's, the, what's the antonym of fleek? Where did you get fleek from? What is fleek? That's what the young people wow, say. Wow, Norm doesn't know what fleek is. Do you is? not know this? Know How do you not know is. this? I don't know what fleek Norm, is. Norm, oh, you're out of, out of... Oh, shit, sorry. You're out of the loop. Oh, man. You could, oh, you... explain fleek, Gary. Well, on fleek... On fleek, yes. I, so I'm told by the young people who is whom the, I am in touch with, obviously. <laughs> Which young, do you, do you have like a, somebody trapped in your basement or something? Or? I need, what I need is like a social media intern, like someone who's telling me like what the young people are into this week. Because I don't understand. It's like those Jack in the Box commercials. I have literally become that like old man that doesn't understand what's going on anymore. Like, I, like, I, like I'm watching the Grammys. I don't know who any of these people are. I, I go, I go home to my, um, yeah. I go back east to go to my uh, in-laws 
uh, house where I have family, nieces and nephews, and they're all looking. None of them are watching TV. They're all on YouTube on their iPads watching these personalities. I have no idea who they are. I'm like, who's that? And they're like, don't you know? I'm like, no, I have no idea. Who is that person? That, that started for me the day after Norm threw the Superstar Destroyer at my Death Star, and we were on... Um, RJ. R, yeah, RW3 is the name of the channel, I think. And one of my cousins, second cousins, sent me the only email she's ever sent. was like, oh my God, you were on so-and-so's channel. That's awesome. And I was just like, I've never heard of this before. And yeah. I went there, and there were 4 million subscribers or something insane. Um, How do you spell fleek? F-L-E-E-K. Okay. Always to be used with on, though. Yeah, it's on fleek. Oh. Don't say Never fleek. just, just uh, that's a surefire way. So it's like point. No. no? It's much cooler no, it, than no, point. No, on fleek basically is the new version of on point. Okay. I think it's so more actually nuance got it right. to it than that. What? I think there's more nuance to it than that. I mean, there might be. I it's mean, like saying you're they're always food. with teenagers. You're so hoopy. much nuance. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nothing but nuance. Um... That's the name of the podcast. I can't believe Norm doesn't know this. I've, I've never You've heard never, of it. You haven't heard I've on Fleek? never heard of that I would imagine before. that you would be the most in touch never. with Yeah. Nope. You're the closest Fleek to youthful here. Nope. So it happens when you turn 30, I guess. Yeah, it's all downhill <laughs> from here. Wow. Yeah, that's it. That you just you don't get the emails anymore. Well, you know what's going to happen is our kids, <laughs> our kids are going to be the right age in like seven or eight years that we'll know about this stuff and Norm will be where we are now. I am. I, I'm kind of relishing, though my older years where I get to be like the mortifyingly embarrassing dad dude that's like trying to be cool and relevant like the how are you doing fellow kids like that you know the, <laughs> oh. the Steve Buscemi guy desperately trying to be cool but like not in any way being authentic I was working out of somebody else's office and somebody who I would guess is probably 23 asked me how to use eye drops because I looked like a person who could explain how to use eye drops I I was flummoxed on multiple levels because I don't know how you reach mid-20s and not know how to use eye drops. I don't know who Megan Trainer is. <laughs> I just know that's a person. She that's sings a, the, all about the bass song. Right, but I don't know. I don't really know what that is. It's is a she a song, YouTube It's all person? about the bass. No, she's a country music oh, singer. So, you know, I only know about that because of Kids Bop. Kids Bop is a series <laughs> of like CDs where these kids sing pop songs Yeah, and they make the lyrics all saccharine so that it, they're not offensive to parents. Well, I was watching iCarly in an attempt to try and get relevant. And then I realized that the show's been off the air for five years. So I, so I learned all this shit was five years old. You know, you should check out Hannah Montana. No, I used to watch that when it was on. I remember. Those and then I started watching days. iCarly and I'm like, oh, okay. So these people are cool. And I guess they were five years ago. It's not yeah. cool anymore. Now they're all burned out living in like the like the like the what's dumpster. cool among, you know, kids. Like it changes at the speed of light. By the time I've gotten onto something, it's old again. It's true. Oh, you, they were on Whoa. Snapchat. Now they're all on Tinder. I yeah. think that's it. I think we should wrap it here. Gary, uh, J- Jeremy's going to get a parking ticket. Gary, thanks for coming by. Jeremy, thanks for coming by. See you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for watching. Bye. Audio off now.